You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 291. This week is a family show, but it's going to be a little different because I have a quick catch-up with Kid Casio for the uh, first 20 minutes or so, and the reason is, as you know, on the family shows, we have been reviewing the top Billboard hits of the 1990s, and last time when I was recording with Kid Casio for a few episodes ago, we started talking about 90s music, and I just thought it would be relevant to take that section and actually put it in this show. And that's what we're going to do. So we're going to catch up with Kid Cassio, and then we are going to be joined by the Beyond Synth family for a big, long show. So I hope you like big, long shows, and I hope you like awesome music, because we're going to get the show started and listen to some cool tunes. So look, Bunny X was just on the show, and they mentioned a track they were about to release, a collaboration with Don Del Piro, and I'm going to play it now, because I think it did come out when I was editing the show, but it was like right as I was editing the show, so I didn't have time to really slot it in, so I'm going to do that now, because it's a cool song, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons, there's Chris Dance with the 88, Robert D. Bishop with the 88, and Mike Shima with the 82. They are all a trilogy of amazing people. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now listen to this. This is Bunny X and Don Del Piro with Perfect Paradise. Thank you. 
And that was Perfect Paradise by Bunny X and Don Del Piro. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the Krona Club, we got Emil and Hampus ML. And uh, if you dug that, go check out the episode I did with Bunny X, which was uh, just a few weeks ago. It was a fun show, so uh, go do that. And now I'm going to have a quick catch-up with Kid Cassio. All right, and I'm joined here by Kid Cassio. Okay, now full disclosure, we're recording this bit the same day we recorded our catch-up for episode 288. So as we were wrapping up last time, we started talking about 90s music, and I told you about these 90s review shows I've been doing with uh, Marco, Florence, and Mike, where we give our opinions on the number one North American Billboard hits of the 90s. Right, okay. And the reason we're doing it is uh, for me to reassess my animosity towards 90s music, deep down I was hoping to find like a new appreciation and stop being so negative towards the 90s hits Mm. Uh, but as we go I'm finding I like the music less than I thought I did (laughs) I sort of forgot about this Mariah Carey and Boys to Men stuff which like dominated the charts over here so I've been using these shows as a journey to sort of figure out what it is about this music that's not resonating with me I mean last episode we did I was convinced I'm like maybe it's that stupid DX7 marimba piano sound that plays in the background of a lot of these sort of these love ballad things but then and then people got mad at me for saying that because then they're just like hey man but you know like a lot of the artists that you feature on the show are using these dx7 instruments and you like those and i'm like yeah i guess that's true (laughs) yeah so i'm like what the hell is the difference i don't know if it's something about the song structure or the chords they play or something because yeah as i say that and i was listening to your new album and i'm like okay so i'm hearing some of these sounds but i like these songs i think i've got the exact sound you're talking about on at the beginning of a song called 17 and it's it, you're right it's a dx7 sound it's like a kind of electric piano vibraphone marimba type sound yes um which was really big and, and, and kind of phil collins used it a lot in the 80s and stuff in the 90s sorry early late 80s early 90s but i, I know exactly what you mean it's really interesting because in the uk they've been re-repeating the older episodes of top of the pop since 2011 mm. and they started repeating 1976 and it kind of goes in that they'd show two episodes a week so you're getting through a whole year's worth in six months so by now we're finally up to 1990 so i've just been really immersed for the last six months in the music of 1990 right and it really gives you a chance to kind of see the year as a whole you know you're not just going on spotify and doing the 1990 greatest hits playlist or something like that you're really seeing them unfold week by week all the hits all the misses the songs that didn't get very high in the charts and you're really understanding the fashions and everything about it and i have to say 1990 was a fucking appalling year i don't know about in the states (laughs) but my god it's terrible the point of the shows we're doing is we're doing just the number one hits Mm. so for example things like depeche mode's violator comes out in 1990 which i love but none of the songs hit no. number one. No, of course not. En- Enjoy the Silence hits number eight in the US no, no, or no. something or number, seven. Number one's going to be, like you say, fucking Michael Bolton, Mariah Carey. Yeah, and and what's also interesting is looking at the 80s, uh, it just seems like there's way more variety in the chart. Yeah. In the US charts, literally like one of the years 
the Miami Vice theme is number one for a week. You know, like oh, just wow. things like yeah. this would just appear on the chart. Yeah. Whereas once you hit 1992, there's only like 11 songs for the whole year because like Mariah Carey will be number one for like yeah. three and a half months and oh, then Boys had, to Men will yeah. take the slot. And it's just as bad. We had Brian Adams in 91, uh, number one for 16 weeks with everything I do I do it for you I mean that was like half the year practically was just him being number one I've got a theory about kind of 1990 where in the UK anyway kind of dance music acid house and dance music was starting out and the, the kind of melodic side of songs kind of went out of it for a bit and there was just kind of really repetitive you know just oh wow look at this we can just repeat a sample over and over again over a you know a four minute loop isn't it amazing and we can dance to it and you know and do the running man and you know (laughs) and that's great you know and then by about 93 for me 94 dance music gets a little bit better because you've got some kind of melody coming back into it and you've got some great records that come out by kind of snap and and corona and these really great kind of euro beat kind of really melodic dance music which is a bit later but 1990 nothing like that and that's all i liked yeah i loved all that stuff but the early 90s no yeah and to be clear like every 90s year has something i like you know whether it be a depeche mode album nine inch nails the dance music like you were talking about yeah uh, even enya for fuck's sake yeah yeah i liked enya yeah <laughs> i just liked my electronic music whatever form i could get it in you know except for some reason the keyboard work that they were doing in these 90s love ballad nonsense songs and I single out Mariah Carey because you know after I've assessed all of the 90s I just realized I never realized how little I liked her yeah. until <laughs> I really thought about it and I'm like yeah wow these are all boring yeah with the occasional song that's like okay I think she can actually butcher a song she can actually take the feeling out of it becomes m- more about hey look what I can do with my vocal you know look at these vocal gymnastics i can do over the track that actually takes away from the the feeling in the vocal you know but i i don't know you know i think it's kind of bit of everything and i think you're right about this kind of reliance on the kind of keyboards and technology that was coming out then was much more about synths that were trying to recreate natural sounds rather than what had come in the early 80s where people were experimenting with technology where synths sounded like synths and then you got to the stage of the d50 and the korg m1 and and to a certain extent the dx7 where they were just wanted to recreate you know oh it's got a great piano sound or it's got a really realistic marimba sound that's a good observation yeah because i've been struggling and again like every episode is sort of like a learning experience where i'm listening to the music and saying like look man i don't like this and i'm asking people for help to to help me explain it because i don't want to come off like some curmudgeon but it's just when i look at the 80s charts I'm not saying that, oh, like the 80s were perfect. Like, there's definitely songs in the 80s that annoy me. Yeah. But at least every year, there is a handful of number ones where I'm like, I love this song. And in the 90s, from 1992 to like 98, I don't think there's a single song that hits number one that I would say I love. There's some I like. No. But nothing like in the 80s where there's actually like hit songs where I'm like, oh, this yeah. is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. 90s has none of that. Well, also in the UK at the moment, there's a program that runs weekly, which is called the Top 30 Best Selling Singles. Um, and it's the top 30 highest selling british singles and they do a different year each week and it's every friday night in fact it's on in about it's on in about an hour so i should be watching it tonight and tonight they're doing uh, 90 i think we're up to 95 but that started in in the 80s and um when they were doing the 80s years and it's not just me every single song 
in that top 30 was what is now considered what you'd call a classic you know they're all songs that are still played on the radio they're all songs that uh you'd play at a wedding you know 1984 i think every song in that top 30 was an a stone cold classic and now you're getting to the 90s and there's just loads of crap in there and i'm not just saying that as my personal opinion but they are not songs that people are going to love in in 30 years time even more so for the top five they, you know you'd kind of watch it and go oh this is all right yeah i remember this oh yeah i like this a bit more than i did at the time and you'd be getting higher and higher up charts and then the end of the program you get to the top five and i'm like wow it's absolute fucking dross you know yeah <laughs> so much of it was bad for some reason the public just lost its taste i always use violator as an example just because that was in 1990 and yeah you know it's on rolling stones like you know most important albums of the year and all this stuff and it never cracks no you know like the highest it gets is like one track gets to like number eight or whatever yeah. and in, in the uk enjoy the silence i think only got to like number 12 i think and then you look at what was above it and it is like mariah michael bolton it's bad it's bad again like i'm not trying to to get people I think the impression my audience gets is I'm just trying to get people to like back me up. It's like, look, what I'm really trying to do is build up my musical vocabulary to explain what it is I don't like about this stuff so I can do it accurately because my feelings haven't changed, right? Like, I just have this feeling towards the general zeitgeist of 90s mainstream music that's like, why Why does this stuff annoy me so much? Whereas even like 70s, which is not like an era that... It's not my era, right? Like the 80s yeah. is sort of my my childhood yeah but even 70s i listen to those and go like well these are fucking great songs too like yeah. it's like yeah. it's almost like music was for adults in the 70s <laughs> yeah. and 80s and then it just slowly became for <laughs> not me like it was just <laughs> never aimed at me ever again even yeah. though i was you know 12 at the time but it's it's like they just stopped directing music at my direction and started just aiming at someplace else i think a lot of the kind of art artistry went out of pop music as well you look at the stuff that was doing well in the early 80s and it definitely translated over to the states as well because so many bands that were big in the uk made it over in the states as well it was part of the new wave of mtv and all that kind of stuff and they were still bands that had been brought up on bowie and roxy music and stuff and they were still they, they were million selling bands bands like you know duran duran and spanner ballet and human league and stuff but they were doing something that had had artistry and had had an edge and had an art to it and i think by the 90s it you know it did finally become really corporate and big money and kind of like yeah just lost some of that for want of a better word yeah just the kind of the uh, thing you know music as, an, as a real art form you know it just kind of fell out of favor i guess well then how about we listen to some cool music to lift our spirits all right i want to listen to a track from crockett and then we'll continue uh chatting about this uh this is of course brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters we got the king of hell jose arbello we got mike erdahl the donation of the beast plus 50 we got tim carl the Golden Boner and Jacob Wick my semi-sonic friend and I hope you guys uh, dig this this is Crockett from his album The Heist with Cruise
All right, and that was Cruise by Crockett from the album The Heist. And if you dig that, listen to the episode I did with Crockett from a few months ago because we had a, a fun chat and uh, he makes awesome music. And, of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got City Hunter, the coolest guy in town, and Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. And we're back and we'll be joined with the Beyond Synth family shortly. But first, I'm just having a quick catch-up with Kid Casio. And I think we've established that the 80s hits were better and I'm not crazy, right? Is that you know what? Is that, is that what we've learned? <laughs> I, I tell you what kind of proves that, that it's not just me and you, you know, rattling on. When they were doing these top of the pops reruns, people would go on Twitter and comment about the songs and blah blah. And when they were rerunning the shows from the eighties, top of the pops would become the number one trending topic on Twitter in the UK for like an hour while the program was on. Got to the nineties, I go on Twitter during the program to kind of you know tweet and talk about it and stuff. There's no one on there. No one cares. <laughs> and that, I think, sums it up for you. <laughs> because they're just... No one cares. There just isn't that love. Um, you know, you're certainly seeing a resurgence in 90s fashion and stuff. And um, maybe there'll be more of a love for it in five years' time. But I don't know. I don't think there will be. I think the 80s had the songs. And that's what it always comes back to. People always say to me, oh, but 80s fashion is really bad and blah, blah, blah. But, but they always say, but the songs were really good. When you go to a wedding or when you go to, you know, your uncle's birthday or whatever... It doesn't matter about age or whatever. It will still be the 80s songs that gets people up and dancing that people sing along to. You know, obviously you can have exceptions and there's always going to be some great 90s songs and there is. But, you know, looking at the whole thing as a decade, yeah, I mean, it's not just me and you, man. It's It goes for the whole, um, you know, nostalgia kind of uh, touring festival circuit as well. There's a huge 80s festival circuit over here with all the bands from the 80s and all the artists go on tour every summer and do big shows and stuff and i saw one for the 90s advertised the other day and it was just fucking tragic they were playing in little civic town halls and stuff and it was like just a couple of boy bands like you know and it's just i don't think the hunger for it's out there because it just wasn't as it just didn't have the the songs man i'm, I'm sure I swear, like, once once you hit 92, 92 to, like, 96, 97 is horrible. Oh, no, no, because there's some good dance music then. But dance doesn't make the fucking... Oh, yeah. Because I love the dance music. Yeah. But I'm saying if you're doing Top of the Pops kind of things where they're just playing, like, the number one hits... Oh, right, yeah. Then it's yeah. literally, like, four months Mariah Carey, four months Boys to Men, then yeah. Mariah Carey just pops up again with, for another four months. Well, we had this thing in the UK called... Called Britpop, which I don't think ever translated well to the States at all. So 95, you know, you do have um, Wigfield and kind of European dance music getting in the top 10, but then you've got this horrible... You guys must have had, like, Oasis and Blur a tiny bit, didn't you? Or, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, was yeah. huge. You know, Britpop was, like, the biggest thing ever in the, in the UK between sort of, you know, 95 and, and 97, which was, you know, Blur and Pulp and Oasis and all these guitar bands kind of... Um, playing what was kind of basically 60s kind of music you know when i would talk about 90s and complain i was usually talking mostly about it's it's funny i wasn't even thinking of mariah carey i was thinking of these sort of pop rock bands yeah. where there's no synths yeah and like i'm thinking specifically of things like um closing time by uh semi-sonic yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, my yeah. go-to song <laughs> fucking closing time the fucking <laughs> A fucking song. Oh. But there was a whole bunch of bands like that at the time. And when oh, I go man. back and listen to them now, because I was always like, 
why are these bands not speaking to me? And I realized, like, oh, there's, like, no synth in this. This is it. Not that I always need synth. Like, I can go back and listen to Cat Stevens and, and you know, love those songs and stuff. Mm. I, I don't know. There's something about the absence of synth, which has to not. be filled with yeah. just incredible yeah. songwriting and stuff, or else I need a synth pad or I need a synth bass line or I something. I lived through this. Like, man, so did you. But I, I lived through this, and I was in bands. Like, so, but I would turn up at venues with banks of synthesizers and the sound guys would laugh at me they would say what the fuck are you doing like and they're like ah <laughs> look it's gary newman he thinks he's fucking gary newman look <laughs> him this was the time of like grunge like pearl jam nirvana yeah you know nobody wanted synths nobody was playing synth there was a period you're absolutely right nobody wanted synths in bands and actually, when you look at that, you've got to be thankful now that there's such a resurgence of, of synth music now because we lived for a dark period in the 90s where, <laughs> you know, being a synth player was like, you were laughed at, you know. It just was not cool. When I do these 90s review shows, sometimes I'll get comments about some of the songs I don't like. And some of them I, I recognize are good songs. They're just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Oddly, the, the one that got the most reaction was, I don't really like that song Black Velvet by uh, Alana Miles. Alana Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's not a bad song. It's a personal thing for me. Like, just that whole vibe is something I just don't jive with. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's poor songwriting or whatever. It's just, it's, yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, Wilson Phillips? Do you like, do you like "Hold On" by Wilson Phillips? That's ninety, isn't it? Nineteen ninety, or could, could be eighty nine. Because I quite like that. And you know, that's a record that I hated at the time. And and actually, I can hear it and go, "This is a good song." And actually, a little bit for me for Black Velvet as well. Like that was just relentlessly played on the radio when it came out. I know. And See, now that's I listen the thing. to it and go, "Oh, okay, it's got a vibe. I can kind of feel it. It's an okay song." You know. It, maybe I was a little harsh because I said I just didn't like it. But it's like I've heard that song. I bet you I've heard Black Velvet like 2,000 times in my life. And it's it's never a song I've put in willingly. But Wilson Phillips in particular, yeah. I will say this, because in 1990, there was still some, some what I believe, carryover from the 80s. Yeah. That Wilson Phillips hold on was the last one that I thought was okay, because the rest of them, the rest of the Wilson Phillips hits from like 90 onwards are super dull, boring. Like, Yeah, I don't think we got any others over here. Did you get a record which was massive in Europe called... Um, Thinking About You by London Beat. Uh, yes, I like that song. Yeah, that's a brilliant song. I've been thinking about you. Yeah, <laughs> That's a brilliant record. And, I, you know, listening to that again, I was like, okay, this is great. This is, like, something I do like from that year. They're few and far between. One of these days, you should fill out our survey. Okay, Fl uh, Florence designed an Excel spreadsheet where we put out all of our rankings, and Mike has adapted it into a survey, which I oh, think brilliant. should be out by the time this episode releases at, uh, I think it's going to be on retropromenade.com. Oh, man. I'm all about this. And Florence made the original Excel spreadsheet so it's color-coded, like it figures out our average score wow. for the year and our average score as a group. Oh, yeah. you got to send me this. It's great because it almost gives you like a grade, like when you're in school. So like you can see <laughs> that I gave 1990 like a 48%, you know, which is a fucking F. <laughs> And, and it's just number ones. It's just number ones. Yeah, yeah. And it's North American Billboard. So obviously, like, since it's number ones, uh, like we talked about, there's a bunch of actual good music I was listening to in this period, like, yeah. you know, Industrial, Radiohead, Techno, Trance, Nine Inch Nails, which were just not hitting number one. No, of course. 
Oh man, this sounds fun. Yeah, I'll have to do this. Well, it should be fun, man. Like we want to do like a scientific assessment of all this, you know, get some hard data from other participants other than the four of us. Brilliant. So that's uh, that's the idea. But anyways, man, look, it was nice chatting and uh and now you got to go watch your uh fucking top 30 <laughs> singles or whatever. Yeah, I got to go watch 1995. So I'll I'll report I'll let you know. I'll report <laughs> back. <laughs> awesome. Well, take care, man. <laughs> All right, and that was my quick catch-up with Kid Casio. So I dug some of the stuff he was saying. Again, all of this helps me figure out my feelings towards 90s music. And now uh, we'll listen to something cool. All right, so Dead Life has a new album coming out. It should be out in about a week. It's called God in the Machine, and it's full of awesome songs. And I know the people from Fix got in touch with me because they wanted me to debut a track. And I said, fine, but then when I listen to all the songs, all of my favorite tracks have already been released as singles or available to listen to on Bandcamp. So I was like, well, it's not going to be much of a debut because the track I wanted to play was one called Kid From Nowhere, which is just a really cool song. And it's already out as a single. But the point is, the whole album comes out and it's uh, full of some really cool tunes. And so I suggest you go check it out. Uh, It's from Dead Life. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Clint Dowling, a star apart Alex Selickson and Blake Peterson and uh, I hope you dig it this is Kid From Nowhere by Dead Life
And that was Dead Life with the track Kid From Nowhere from the album God in the Machine, which comes out next week. So go check it out. And if you dig that, go back and listen to the episode I recorded with Dead Life, I think last season. But that was a good one, too. I've had lots of cool chats with lots of cool people. So uh, don't forget, you know, if you're new to the show, go through the archive because there's so many uh, awesome artists that uh, make cool music that I've chatted with. And of course, that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Eurobeat Intensifies, Honeybeard, Jimmy the Hutt, and Johnny Five. So look, this is a Beyond Synth family show, so I think it's about time I brought those fools in here. So let's go chat to the Beyond Synth family. Oh, we got a new computer. Is it a Microsoft Pro Surface? It's an M1 MacBook Pro. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. Is it working for you? It's working. Yeah, like, I haven't, like, really put it to the test yet, but it's, like, a million times faster. Did you get it with those measly 16 gigs of RAM? (laughs) Yep. The the most gigs of RAM I could possibly put in this thing. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on here. What? I feel bad that we're literally doing... One of the patented Beyond Synth segments, and I didn't have a chance to play the jingle. Uh, it's time for Lap Talks. Lap Talks! Lap Talks! What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the conversation's over now. Let's get on with this. Yeah, no, nobody cares. <laughs> we, I mean, we're not doing lap talks. This nah. is this is lap talks. We did lap talks. We we just did it. Okay, you weren't invited. Oh. Well, too bad. I played the jingle anyways. Marco, tell us about your laptop. Andy, shh. Uh, I got a shitty old laptop. I don't know. It's laptops without any last. <laughs> Fuck you. It takes about three minutes to boot up. It doesn't matter. But my voice is in the jingle, so I, I'm there in spirit. I'm also here right now, so I don't know what I'm like, acting like I'm kicked out and I'm literally right here. If you're going to put this at the beginning of your show, people are just going to turn this off. Well, actually, this show starts slightly different because I just did an update with Kid Casio. Oh, okay. We ended up talking about 90s music for like uh, 15 minutes, so I'm actually going to put that little bit at the start because he brought up some things I, I wanted to mention too. Okay. Did you ask him about what is happening in the Marvel Universe coming up? Because his brother is <laughs> in there. No, I did not. Oh. Although I don't think they do any young Tony Stark stuff anymore. Well, they might because of this alternate reality bullshit. Oh, yeah. The multiverse stuff. I guess we'll fucking find out. You know how uh, Into the Spider-Verse is like all animated Spider-Mans and they're all animated realities? Mm. It'd be funny if in the next one, because of like all the multiverse bullshit, if we get a, like a quick scene of all of those Spider-Men, but they're all live action... So we get, like, the cool Chris Pine Spider-Man, we get the slouchy uh, Nick Johnson Spider-Man, we get a real 3D live-action Spider-Ham with John Mulaney. That'd be funny for, like, ten seconds. Who's Nick Johnson? He's the guy from uh, New Girl. Which one? That the, doesn't mean anything. Gay dude? He's her main boy toy guy. Mm. He's oh, like that the, guy. <laughs> I know him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, look, so... <laughs> <laughs> We're here. This is a family show. So I know this one started a little different uh, because I had that little clip from uh, from Kid Cassio. But now we are here with the Beyond Synth family. Of course, I am talking about Marco Merrick. Hello, hello. I'm talking about Florence Bullock. Hi. And I'm talking about Mike Mendoza. Mission Impossible's tech guy is Luther. <laughs> Elias also starred Bradley Cooper. I didn't know what Bradley you were doing Cooper. at first. 
I didn't. I was like, <laughs> uh, that song is awesome. Wait, is that a song? Yeah, he's doing the fucking uh, putting on the Ritz. If you go where you don't know what you're with it. Anyway, I'm not going to do it. Except I just said Mission <laughs> Impossible's tech guy was Luther. Is that actually true? Yeah, it's Ving Rhames. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw the movie once. I was just sitting around thinking about it and I was like, I want to tell Andy about it. <laughs> People should know by now that we are doing our 90s review uh, where we're reviewing the number one billboard hits of the 90s and we're giving our take on them and this has uh, of course been a huge science experiment for me to mathematically figure out my feelings about the 90s and I'm bringing along the Beyond Synth family for the ride. We just finished 1990 and today we are going to do 1991 which is very exciting. So how about this? Why don't we do just a fucking super quick catch up to see where your uncle? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mike, uh, you got one minute. How you been? One minute. I've been uh, really cool. I've been working on data stuff, and I, I put survey together for this, and spreadsheet here, boring stuff there. I've been like behind the scenes pulling all kinds of strings and learning automation and cool stuff like that. So I've just been like geeking out, working on behind the scenes uh, retro promenade stuff, like uh, my retro chart, which actually I've been putting them out. That's cool. Uh, people have been enjoying it, and uh, go check it out. It's called Retro Power, the chart. That's objective, and I don't curate it. It's science. It's all um, data science and magic and shit. Right. And so, what's the, what's the website for that? See, there is no website, but the website now is retropower.cool. So you can just edit out where I said there wasn't a website, because it'll be up by the time this comes okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's retropower.cool. <laughs> Lightning. Perfect. And, of course, uh, what Mike means by that is that uh, you just... How do you get the figures, anyways? All the Spotify data is publicly available, and I make sure to tap into as many Synthwave and Outrun sources as humanly possible. It's like hundreds and hundreds of playlists and shit that I sat there and I went and I found and curated and I, I added them to my whole thing. It's a giant database, and I do all the math myself, and I sort, and I do this, and I rate, and uh, it's all objective, and I, I sit back and I go, Wow! I can't believe all this good music came out this week. Um, I'm always surprised by what comes out and all the new shifts in people who go up and people who go down. And I, I'm so surprised that Mitch Murder still can't trend really high. Uh, facts, he trends about like 20, 30 in the last one. And I'm like, dude, seriously? I don't know. It's very surprising. And uh, data reveals a lot of interesting trends about who is doing good marketing in Synthwave. The whole point is that like, if people, more people see a chart, it'll make people more competitive and in general, everyone will work on their uh, marketing and advertising. And then Synthwave as a whole, on average, will become more widely known because you've got all these people working on it. So the Synthwave, uh, my addition to the Synthwave galaxy right now is trying to validate what we do with an objective chart. Nice. Well, how about you, Marco? Have you developed a chart of some kind? <laughs> Uh, no chart here. I've just been just been getting high a lot and playing video games and watching movies and shows. It's been great. <laughs> oh my god! And the air conditioning because it's been ah no work for me. Uh, no, I just finished watching Black Summer, which I really enjoyed. Actually, that's some good zombie shit, Andy. My wife's been watching that show, mm-hmm. and 
it almost seems a little too intense for me. It's like yeah, I like that intensity. I don't want drama, you know. Like I used to love watching The Walking Dead, but I mean, it's like Days of Our Lives with zombies. You know, I don't want to see that shit. I want the intense action, and you know, the real <laughs> like oh, he's banging Rick's wife. Oh shit, what's he gonna do when he turns up? It's like I don't really give a shit about that, you know. From what I've seen of of Black Summer, it's like just you know that scene in a movie where someone's like kind of sneaking around and they have to be really quiet because the thing's about to jump out at them, and it's like mm. that show seems to be that level of intensity like at all times it's like just 40 minute episodes where it's just that for 40 minutes and then there's actual scenes where zombies just like running at them and they're the running kind who fucking scream and then when it's not happening it's just super intense i was just like whoa this show is fucking intense as shit it's like there's no downtime yeah love it mate pure horror love it (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be playing a bit of video games too i just uh i'm just about finished playing hollow Knight, which was free on the playstation Mm -hmm. i really like that game it's like a classic indie you know uh, anyway yeah Mm. hollow Knight's great you ever get an opportunity play ori and the will of the wisps and ori and the blind forest i've heard that's really good i'll look it up ori and the willy Ori and the Willy Wisps. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's great. It's like Hollow Knight. I think borrowed. Well, maybe they were just doing it in parallel. But like the sequel, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, is very similar to Hollow Knight in terms of like how it plays. But they're they're the same kind Mm -hmm. of like Metroidvania style games, but with a great art style and a really cool story. Like it's a really sort of emotional plot, and you play as a little kind of glowing little dude who jumps around and gets powers and stuff anyway it's really good so go do cool. that do that next get high and play that it. game it's really good <laughs> i'm gonna check it out pause this beat the whole game and come right back <laughs> yeah man uh, florence tell me about you well i played a real live show last Whoop. night nice which is really yeah, exciting all right it was exciting to be back on stage i saw that online and i was like yes and we're back like bobby brown says yeah it was cool it wasn't like you know the turnout was like decent for like these times because it's still like kind of on the cusp of like should we still be careful or should we like just forget about it but everyone was really chill you know i can't pack a house but like i'm glad it wasn't packed just in case and it was just really awesome to see people and to be able to hug people it was really rad and you know it wasn't a train wreck um on my end which i'm always happy about awesome and i also played with uh with these guys windsurfer who are really really awesome so y'all should go check them out because they just came out with a really awesome album no like i mean i love my synthwave and i love my live shows but like normally synthwave shows are pretty socially distanced even at the best of times <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that or there's like a <laughs> rancor pit right in front of the stage so nobody stands there synthwave guys don't have many friends so they show up by themselves to a concert with a leather jacket and just bob for four hours <laughs> literally, literally that's it <laughs> <laughs> that that's like the actual perfect description of a synthwave show, including myself. I've been to synthwave shows alone because I cannot find anyone to go with me. Yep. Oh yeah. No one knows what it is. It's hard to explain what it is. <laughs> anyway, look. But we have very loyal uh, followers who who love this stuff, and and, uh, and that's the important thing is the love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people who should have been there were there. Good. It was great. Well, I'll tell you what else is great is listening to cool music. <laughs> so, look, since Florence brought them up, how about we actually listen to a track from Windsurfer? So, I picked out one from their album and this is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. You know what? We got a new patron this week. So, I want to say thanks to Remy. Remy is now in the $5 club. So, thank you so much for supporting the 
show, Remy. You are cool, and I hope you enjoy this song from Wind Surfer. This is Indoors. And that was Indoors by Wind Surfer. That's W-Y-N-D-S-R-F-R. Wind Surfer from the album Golden Years. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Ken Giroux, Mr. Magoo Samurai, Kemsen, Neverman, Newmark, Restless Nights, and Techno Ben. And we're back here with the Beyond Synth family. We've done catching up. So let's jump right into the... Uh, 1991 Billboard number one hits. So, uh, uh, how do we get started here? I know how we get started. Yo, it's about that time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme. I'm gonna get mine, so get yours. I wanna see sweat coming out your pores, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> oh, my fucking pen died. I'm trying to write on this. Uh, uh, you fucking piece of shit. What are you I swear to Christ, I have snapped. I have snapped so many pens in half in my life. <laughs> You're too strong. You're so strong. Really? I honestly don't think I've ever snapped a pen. You snap pens? I've snapped pencils. I snap pens where they fucking don't work. Anyway. <laughs> 
You get ink everywhere. Why would you snap a pen? You get ink everywhere. And do you do snap pens when you're angry at them? <laughs> no, when they're out of ink. You know when you like you grab a pen and you go to write with it and it just doesn't write? That's happened to me like 10,000 times in my life. And every time it does, I get so angry because I just have like, I'm just like, fuck you. Seriously, you're not going to work now? Crack. So you'd snap pens when you get angry at them? I guess so, yeah. That's what you're. That's what you're saying. Is this toxic behavior? Yeah, that's what you're doing. <laughs> I man. guess you know there could be worse ways to take out your anger. So I don't know. I'll allow it. <laughs> Did pencils used to have actual lead in them? Like were pencils actually toxic back in the day? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they had, they they had like actual lead in them. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. That's why it was bad to stab yourself with the pen. Yeah, you definitely don't want to put it up your ass either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I accidentally stabbed myself with a pencil once, and I still have a mark on my thumb from it. And now you're you're part cyborg. Apparently. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> you've got graphite in you. <laughs> yeah. That joke makes sense. Okay, so number one <laughs> in this fucking 1991 is Justify My Love by Madonna. Mm. Wanting. Needing. Waiting. For you. Again, this is where I start to get a bit more harsh in my ratings. Yeah. I just find this song boring, and I have a personal thing where I don't like when people talk over songs, and like, you know, like where the majority of the lyrical content is just like kind of spoken word stuff, mm. and it just not my cup of tea so i i full-on do not like this song what about that song how bizarre don't like it cruising down the freeway in the hot nope. hot sun I fucking, how bizarre. dude how bizarre gets a fucking don't like from me all right <laughs> <laughs> fucking how yeah. bizarre that song sucks does it make you want to snap right, pins how bizarre ding, ding, ding. fuck that song <laughs> by the rights how bizarre <laughs> Anyway, let's rate Madonna. Uh, Florence. I'm like indifferent about the song, but pretty much for the same reasons that you said. Yeah, it's like there's too much like whispering and shit in it. It's like I don't mind the like music part of it, but. Well, it's supposed to be erotic, you guys. Jesus Christ. I know. If you watch the video, you can definitely tell. Because <laughs> you're um, prudes. Yeah, it's not that subtle after all, huh? I mean, it's not my favorite Madonna song. I don't know what to That's do it. with erotic music. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like the, it, it's like the same as like um, like rap songs or like songs where where the whole lyrical content is a guy talking about how cool he is and how much he fucks. It's like, what am I meant to do with this? It's supposed to inspire you, is it? But it, but it, yes, you want to you want to become that guy. You want to be oh, I want that golden limousine. But it's like that's, he's that's bragging that he has it. It's sort of like so you want to get it out of vengeance like just like I want his thing like I got to take it. No, like, see you do even bigger and better. I'm going to get a limo lim, limousine. It's going to be like 45 <laughs> feet. Uh, <laughs> and it's fucking made out of vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, how do you feel about uh, Justify My Love? I like Madonna a lot. She's got so many good songs, you know, over like two or three decades or whatever. But it's probably one of the worst ones. But but it's still, I, I mean, I give it an okay because I really like the pads in it. And, and I still think it's a reasonable song. It's not great or anything, but it's just an okay for me. Michael. Uh, I'm a love because I had that Madonna Immaculate CD. And I listened to it a lot. I like this song. I like those songs. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I'm still. I still like Marco. I'm just thinking about the idea. The song is reasonable. I love that as a description for a song. Like, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. <laughs> All right, let's move forward to Janet Jackson. Love will never do, and then in brackets, without you. I give this one, I'm sort of indifferent to this song. There's aspects of this song I like. Like, I like some of the instrumental stuff. I like the beat. But I just, uh, personally, I just don't get into this vocal melody. I don't think it's a bad song or anything. That's why I'm indifferent to it. Which part? The chorus? Yeah, I just don't, the vocals don't do anything for me in this song. I think the beat's okay. I think there's some kind of cool instrumental stuff, but not enough for me to, you know, it's, it's, whatever, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Florence? Well, I think the song would be fun to, like, dance to, but yeah, like, the vocal melody isn't really strong. It's not catchy enough for me. So, like, I would say it's okay. How about you, Marco? I give it a like. I mean, I don't really have much to say about it. I guess, I mean, I remember this. I liked it when I was younger, and I do like the beat and the drums, and there, there is something something about it that I do like, but it's, I don't, you know, I don't love it or anything like that. Michael. I'm a love. I like when this song comes from the dance floor. I dance to it. I like when, when pop beats are tough, like the <laughs> like the hanging, t- like like the new kids on the block music. Anytime a song goes like, Ugh. Makes you just want to like pump your fist and go mm, like that. Yeah, I like that kind of music. I like those '80s and '90s electronic drums that really fucking slap. I'm a love on this song. Nice. Well, let's move ahead to Surface with the track "The First Time." Oh God, this song. That's right. <laughs> the first time I Look at that guy's hair. <laughs> yeah, wow. So I I don't like this song, and I don't have much to say about it. It's fucking corny, <laughs> and if it was on the radio, I'd switch the channel. <laughs> that's it. That's that's all I got to say. Florence. I, gave, I mean, I gave the song an okay, because, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I, I wouldn't put the song on on purpose <laughs> but there's nothing like offensive about it to me so like you know when i'm listening to it, i'm like okay like the melody's fine the chord progressions are okay so yeah it's okay marco it's a strong dislike for me i can't stand this shit <laughs> honestly i've i've never i've never heard it before this is the first time i've heard it like doing this show yeah, i, I must have not polled in australia thankfully so i wasn't subjected <laughs> to this shit growing up so um, that's all I could be thankful for, and yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> it's good to know what we're thankful for. That's the uh, that's the important thing. What about you, Mike? <laughs> I'm really jamming to that guitar solo at like three minutes. It's great. It's a good song. I like it and not love it because I know it, but I don't know the words, so I couldn't sing along to it. But I would definitely groove to it in the car <laughs> and late at night. <laughs> Yeah, man, when you're doing it. In the nude. (laughs) (laughs) I should hope so. Unless you're one of those dudes that has sex by just, like, pulling his pants down slightly. I'd like to just do it through a hole in the pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god! <laughs> the pajamas. Uh, Did we keep the lights on? The pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look. Let's uh, listen to a track, and then we'll come back and review some more Billboard hits. Yeah. So I want to listen to this cool song from Bar X. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Forged in Neon with the 2049. Don't forget to check out the Forged in Neon tape compilation you can buy. It's also on mini disc, I guess. Just go to uh, Forged in Neon's social media accounts to check that out. I think that's still available. And, of course, a big thank you to my awesome patrons in the $20 Club, Joshua Winter and Chatterack. And uh, now let's listen to this. This is Bar X with the track Révolution Française.
And that was Revolution Française by Bar X. That means French Revolution. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about Waylon Caskey Geospatial with the 1988. We're talking about COVID-1986 with the 1986. And thanks, Ethan, for updating the... Uh Beyond Synth Database, and of course, in the 1985 Club, we got Rachel Buchelman and Sarah Buchelman. All right, and we're back with the Beyond Synth family rating Billboard number one hits. So we just did the first three. So I got a letter from a Beyond Synth listener, Dav. Uh-oh. I don't know, do you say da- Davin? He goes by Dav. D-A-V-I-N. I've heard Davin and Davin. Oh, no. I've, I've never heard of a Davin. I used to have a building manager named Davin. He pronounced it Davin. And then I've also heard people pronounce it Davin. So I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Can't. <laughs> Thanks for confusing everything, yeah, Florence, right. and then just <laughs> Yeah, leaving. you're welcome. Here's my pleasure. I'm out. He's also a patron, but I found this funny just because it seems like so far in this series of rating things, the most controversial statement to come out of this program is that I don't like Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Like, that seems to me the thing. <laughs> so if I need to just, like, um, clarify my statements, I don't think it's bad. It's just... I've heard that song thousands of times and it's never been my choice and it's just not my vibe. But it's not bad. Like, I don't think they're bad artists or anything. It's just sometimes certain things just don't speak to me at all and that's one of them. But anyway, he wrote in and he said, man, that's how it starts. I feel like you've forgotten one element of Black Velvet. Back then, Alana Miles was unspeakably hot. Unspeakably is like in all caps. (laughs) Go back and watch that video and tell me you wouldn't jump on that Tinder match in half a heartbeat. Not to speak about the song and its qualities, of which you and I differ, I feel like Black Velvet is a textbook study on swamp rock southern pop, but that's a mile and a half from synth music, so whatevs. Anyways, just wanted to chime in on the Black Velvet conversation. So, I just wrote back to him, I'm like... I don't even like the phrase swamp rock southern pop. Even those combination of words frustrates me. That makes me feel <laughs> uncomfortable. I like it. No, I like it. I like the way that sounds. I think of like Harry Connick Jr. I don't. <laughs> I think of like just scum. <laughs> and I don't mean like cool, suave piano Harry Connick Jr. I mean like when it gets all Cajun and it gets down so You know what I'm talking <laughs> You know that's Do I have to edit me. this out? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Harry is my boy, and Harry knows how to season it up with some Creole, if you know what I mean, boy. Oh, no. Swamp Rock makes me think of, like, a band performing, but their clothes are all, like, wet and damp. Mm, gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's the image that that conjures for me. Yeah. So, I mean, if I need to make some clarification there, it's just, you know, sometimes things just don't uh, hit you the right way. And uh, I seem to be in the minority and this seems to be a very controversial opinion. Now, there's going to be more. I love it how you still have to explain yourself all the time with this one. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's well, hilarious. Here's another thing. <laughs> when I discovered Synthwave, I was so passionate and compelled by my love for this stuff that I created a show that I've been producing weekly for nine years. Is it any surprise to people that I don't like Swamp Rock? Like, is that a surprise? Is that shocking to you? Like, yes. literally, my passion for synth and electronic music brought me to this place where I'm doing this show every week and devoting all of my time to it. Like, if I loved Lana Miles, I wouldn't be here. So as 2019 Synthwave Ambassador of the Year, you're representing that a lot of Synthwavers don't have open minds. (laughs) (laughs) I love how just not liking this song is like such a... Hashtag Andy's cancel party. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> Not until they hear uh, your fucking Creole. Then <laughs> I think you're good. Yeah, damn boy. No, no, no. Watch out. Jesus um, so anyways. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, that's uh, that's the way it is. All right? So let's uh, keep going. <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> we are uh, somebody else writes in i really do <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> just called him out on not having an open mind and then he shut the conversation down yeah. <laughs> that's how it is so, <laughs> so uh, we're moving ahead here to cnc music factory with gonna make you sweat <laughs> In brackets, and I think what everybody knows it as is everybody dance now. One of the jams of our lives. It really is. Yeah, so uh, I like this song. Incredible. This is one of the classic dance tracks. I don't know if I can review this one critically. I don't love it. Just give it a love. But there's a silly sort of nostalgia with this one, and it's so part of the culture that it's almost hard for me to judge it critically because it's like, this is just, to me, it's like, this is a classic fucking dance tune, and I like it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Florence. Well, I can't really take this song seriously. (laughs) I gave it an indifferent just because I've heard it so many goddamn times. But, like, yeah, I don't hate it or anything. It's fine. But it is hard to judge because... I can't take it seriously. It's just so ridiculous. I mean, there might be... I wonder if there is sort of an age thing as well to this one, because this was definitely like the height of sort of... Well, not the height of dance music, because that was more like sort no, of... No, I, I wouldn't say... I, I mean, there were waves of dance music, and this was one of the more famous ones of this, like, hip-hop slash dance combination mixes. Like, there were a few years of this. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I was, like, a little too young to be in on that, because it. I think as time went on, it kind of became more jokey, almost. Yeah. You know? For me, the reason why I say like and not love is because there's a lot of dance music I do really love from the time, and this one isn't one of the ones that's necessarily, like, always makes one of my dance playlists, and so... But I still you know appreciate uh what it is uh, marco yeah i really like this one i mean uh, i remember when it premiered on tv i can't remember what tv show it was you know what music show but uh i it just blew me away i was just like man this is so fucking advanced you know just so modern and or whatever you know it just it, it really uh knocked it out of the park i was very impressed and i still i think it's aged really well it's a great song it's so fucking catchy all the samples and shit they use in there it's, it's a really good song so it's a uh, love for me nice what about you mike yeah, I think it's kind of, uh, it's endured past the test of time. <laughs> um, you play it at a baseball game and everyone like starts dancing like, <laughs> you can't sing it because of a uh, copyright reasons, right, Andy? <laughs> but like Florence, I agree with you. You can't take it seriously. Like mm-hmm. where people in 1991 actually in the club, like really feeling it when he was like, here is the dome back with the bass. <laughs> the jam is live in effect and I don't waste time. And he's like pointing to his watch when he says, I don't waste time to know, you know, he's letting you know how serious he is about how he doesn't waste time. You know, like, like, did people think this was really, really cool back in the days? Was there some kind of ironic factor? I mean, I wasn't around to know. Um, I'm only six years old. (laughs) (laughs) No, people took, I think people took this serious. The same as like when Two Unlimited came out with fucking... 
what was the first one? I always confuse the first and second albums. I don't think there was that much irony at this point. Irony sort of started to kick in, you know, mid to late 90s. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I'm just copying Florence to make it more awkward to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move ahead here uh. to Whitney Houston. All the man that I need. This one is, uh, I'm indifferent to. I like the first four seconds, and <laughs> she's, <laughs> I'm always looking for the, the positive thing, like, she's got a nice voice, I don't think it's a super compelling melody, and I don't like the music in the background, and like, I would personally like to hear a synthwave cover, like, I, I would like someone to t- take the isolated vocal track, if they can find it, and do a synthwave version of this. Do you want it sped up, or at the same tempo? I think the same tempo, it's just, I just don't like the music in the background, I, I, it, it's really just not my cup of tea, but, but when I was... Challenge accepted. When I was listening to it, I was like, <laughs> if someone takes the isolated vocals, I think this would be a cool uh, synthwave track, but as, as it stands here, it's, uh, it's an indifferent for me. Uh, Florence? I like this song, but I like it because the vocals are great. The vocal line's um, really good. I like the chorus. I mean, Whitney Houston, she's great. She's got a great voice. So, yeah, I like it. How about you, Marco? I really don't like this one, um, unfortunately. I just, uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's just really soppy, and there's nothing catchy to me about it. I I, I tried to like it, but it's just, it's not for me. Sorry. It's a... that's a don't like. I like when you apologize. <laughs> like, like I was, no, but I really try. I try to be positive, Andy. I try to be open minded. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Unlike me. How about you, Mike? <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to blow the streak for all the people who are playing 1991 Beyond Synth Family Bingo. I'm only uh, okay on this song. I don't love this one. It's not one of my favorites of hers. Um, it doesn't have energy. Even like there are other ones that are slow tempoed. Um, but yeah, maybe I agree with what you're saying. Like, I maybe it's the music, maybe it's the instrumentation. Like, something doesn't work, and I'm not that into it. Well, I'll tell you what I'm into: listening to cool music. So let's check out this track from Cassetter featuring Max Thor, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Gene Creamer, Private Eye with the 1515, Prophet of Jupiter with the 15, and in the 1313 Club we got Mads Baron Christensen and Skywolf. All right, so let's check this out. This this is Cassetter with Till the End featuring Max Thor.
Cassetter featuring Max Thor from the album Robot Era. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Retro Serenade with the 12, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family, Marco, Florence, and Mike. We've been reviewing Billboard number one hits. And the next number one hit on the Billboard charts in 1991 fuck off, was Mariah Carey. It's everyone's favorite. Uh, it's your favorite, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> With the track Someday. And I need to remind myself of this. You need to remind yourself how shit it is? Well... <laughs> <laughs> So this one, this might be shocking to some people. Uh, I think this song is okay. I can never pick you, Andy. I am <laughs> shocked. There should be a sound effect for that. I think the song is fine. It doesn't do anything for me. What? Look, I'm reading my notes. I'll give it indifferent because Mariah Carey is hot, but I, I said I liked it. Oh, that's right. Because, Mike, you mentioned that the video version is supposed to be worse than the album one. So I listened to the better one, in quotes... And uh, I thought it was uh, okay. So that's me. It's produced really well. Uh, Florence. I like this song. It's catchy. It's fun. The chorus is the chorus is good. So yeah, that's it. How about you, Marco? <laughs> the end. <laughs> Florence. Yeah, I'm, I actually don't particularly like this one. I mean, it, I think it's one of her weaker songs that that charted. I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. She's got a lot of good songs in the nineties, but this—I don't think this is one of them. I'm actually surprised that you're okay with this one, Andy. I give it a two. <laughs> <in my defense. laughs> Marco is the arbiter. Of all the for ones, Andy. this is the one you think is okay. It's like what the fuck? well because I find I find the the love ballady ones really boring and at least this one has some energy to it you know what I mean it's like she's not doing too much of that silly vocal look how good I am at singing nonsense it just sort of like wrecks songs you know it's just sort of like it's a it's a proper like pop song it, it, again I still I think it's okay like I mean I'm not like uh, <laughs> now I need to justify my hate yeah don't backpedal you fucker I love it I'm not gonna backpedal I'm not gonna uh, uh, Mike <laughs> it's so easy to make Andy off his game. 
And then you gotta listen to him fucking put disclaimers on fucking everything. Hey man, I just want everyone to love me, okay? I don't like when people are mad at me. Ah, there's gonna be a 14 minute like just like checklist of what people should expect at the top of the show before the intro. Mariah Carey someday, I think it's great. It sounds like jazz jackrabbit music. It sounds like streets of rage. It's like it's that like synth it's like chip tuny uh new jack swing. Oh, that's a it's a tight beat. I'm listening to it right now. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's got a fun shuffle swing ass beat, and I'm into it, son. Andy, I'm a love. All right, well then, let's move ahead to the next number one hit, which was Timmy T with the track <laughs> "One More Try." Do you need to hear this? You should have just called that track "One More T." <laughs> and does that mean his name is Timmy Try? Because <laughs> Timmy fail. One more try. Let me put my arms around you Living all these lonely nights without you Oh baby, can we give it one more try? It's been a long time since I've kissed you Okay, so this song sucks and (laughs) this dork has a fucking case of the Tommy Pages, man. So if you guys remember Tommy Page from fucking 1990, the one song we all agreed was garbage. This guy, is he's like another fucking Tommy Page, just a fucking dork. I do like the synth bass sound. Like, I like the actual sound of the bass. But the song sucks. So I don't know what to say. Like, it's I, it, at least it had a sound I liked. When I was talking to Kid Cassio, and he brought up an interesting point, which we can discuss, but um, the difference is, remember how I was talking last week, or last time, about the DX7, and I was like, is it this instrument I don't like, or whatever, and we we worked out that. It's so funny, in the last, like, two weeks, I was playing around with my own music making, and I was like, ooh, let me find more DX7 electric piano type of instruments for Andy, because I'm going to piss him off with them. No, you won't, but, because obviously, it's the context we, we figured out, like, it's the music, and it's not necessarily the sounds themselves, but the point point he brought up was that in the 90s a lot of the the synth keyboard work like the instruments were were emulating real sounds you know like where they they do a lot of that synth piano sound or that sort of marimba piano kind of sound whereas in like the 80s a lot of the synthesizer work was like synth sounds sounds that are explicitly like sounds that are made with a keyboard whereas in the 90s it's a lot of stuff where like you know, they're getting into that sort of sampling where they're really trying to play things that sound like real instruments. A lot of horns, a lot of keyboard horns. Yeah, and I think that might be one of the things that, because I love the synth sounds. I love synth bass lines and those sounds that only keyboards can create. In the 90s, it's a lot of that synth piano, synth fucking marimba piano thing, and they're not using a real piano. And I think I might just prefer the sound of real piano and and et cetera. But anyways, the bottom line is Timmy T sucks. Where do you stand, Florence? (laughs) Um, I think the song also sucks. I mean, anyone named Timmy T is, (laughs) I mean, it's going to be awful. (laughs) I was actually going to say, I do not like the sound of this bass. It's just, it's so, it's like, I mean, I like cheesy. It's fine. It's it's literally like, nope. No, oh, yeah. like that. It's, it's too much for me. It's just the song is like so sappy, and it's it's not good. Don't enjoy it <laughs> at all, Marco. Yeah, this is pretty bad. I um, 
Fuck, this is cringy. Um, <laughs> the video, the the song, it's so bad. I, I can't really add anything more than what you guys have already said, so that's definitely a dislike from me. All right, Mike. Florence, I agree with the, the crazy bass line. It's like, what's really crazy is that it seems like there's this white Italian boy from Long Island trying to do sucky, sucky smooth, <laughs> like sexy black R&B music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I give him points for trying. One more try, you know? But Timmy T, I don't think you should deserve any more tries after this first try. He shows up in the music video dressing up like fucking Spock in that Bilbo! <laughs> Bilbo bag! <laughs> He looks like he's got a turtleneck and a, a blazer. He's like, he's, cra- he's got like a fucking Domino's pizza mullet from 1988. Like, this is fucked up, man. Like, <laughs> what did I put on my chart? I don't even know. Uh, you put a four. I got a four because I think I was having so much fun. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> go through these music videos because some of them are fucking amazing. And this music video is um, just. It's one of them. It's one of the amazing videos on this list. It's like the Nelson yeah, one. Yeah, Nelson. I knew you were going to bring up Nelson. <laughs> no, that video really blew my mind. <laughs> this Timmy T shit is amazing. Uh, he's so serious. He's, he's so serious. such a dork. <laughs> he's such a dork. Like, I just can't accept it. He makes us say things twice. He makes us say things twice. <laughs> get the papers. Get the papers. All right. <laughs> Let's move on here to uh, Gloria Stefan with... Coming out of the dark. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. That's some horn work for you, daddy. Or should I say papi because it's espanol. Well, this one, uh, look, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like this song, and I don't really have much to say about it. This is a case of kind of like uh, Black Velvet. It's just, this song is not aimed in my direction. Like, this is just not for me, you know? And I, I don't have anything to say other than I just don't want to hear it again. I don't like it. It's not for me. Uh, Florence? Pretty much the same. I mean, I, I'm indifferent about it. I mean, I I think the vocal work is good, but I don't love the melody, I kind of like that there's a like a gospel choir in it, but also just not really that into the song. So indifferent. Marco, yeah, I uh, I don't like this one myself, Andy. So I get where you're coming from. I don't know. It's it just doesn't do anything for me either. I, I really don't. It just doesn't sound good. I mean. I guess that era had a lot of that soul choir shit going on, and it, it kind of gets a little overdone, I think, at the time. And this is one of those songs where you just go, I don't know, it just, it just isn't really isn't that good. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, uh, Mike. I agree that it's really cheesy as hell. In the summertime, I would do like summer programs at public school, <laughs> and like sometimes it'd be like, okay, all the kids are just going to be in the auditorium, auditorium yeah. <laughs> for uh, for like the last hour, and it's really hot. And we're going to put on a movie or we're going to put some bullshit on. And sometimes the bullshit would be like music videos like this, kind of gospel kind of just whatever, like kind of cheesy. And like the idea of this song makes me really nostalgic. I'm also a really big Gloria Estefan fan. So I like this song, but I can't say I love it. 
because it's not like one of the ones that I know so well. Right. Right. Let's <laughs> right. Let's play a track. Yeah, yeah, it's time for a track. So let's check out this one from Coastal. And then we will come back and do more 1991 Billboard review. And this track is brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $10 Club. Cool people like Fraser Davidson, Albion Algorithm, Andrew Bennon, Barry007, Blonde John, and Energon Cubes. Hope you dig this. This is Coastal with Days Go by.
And that was Coastal with Days Go By. And that is a cool song. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Ivan, Jacob Pringle, John Masari, Knight of Ducks, and Kudzost. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. So let's move forward here. In the, uh, in the 1991 charts, we are on London Beat with I've Been Thinking About You. I will say that I like this song. It's got a catchy chorus. Um, I like it. The only reason why it's not necessarily a love is because I wish the song behind it was like fatter sounding. Is there like a dance or a dancier sort of remix of this song? Because I feel like that's what it needs. Do you want me to fucking find these vocals too and make them bigger for you? (laughs) There's that kind of weak guitar strumming thing that happens sometimes that I'm not like a huge fan of. But all in all, I mean, it's a really catchy chorus. I like the song. And uh, yeah, that's me. So uh, Florence. Um, Same. I like the song. It's catchy. It's really fun. The video is fucking amazing it's like space cowboy themed (laughs) (laughs) but like with really really bad cgi shit going on it's so great like at one point he's like riding a 3d cartoon (laughs) horse it's amazing (laughs) it's really amazing i didn't really know this song i don't see this music video i see a different music video you haven't seen the original one are we talking about london beat i've been thinking about you yeah i mean the video the video that andy had in oh yeah 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 yeah. they're they're dancing in front of this really shitty green screen yeah and the guy's playing guitar and it's like it's awesome and like some of it's like kind of space there's like one random girl who shows up to like dance every now and then it's really amazing. It's like they filmed it at a college. <laughs> yeah. It was like a college kid's fucking assignment. And he says, I'll make you guys a music video. And they, they came in and filmed it in like an afternoon. And yeah. <laughs> two two VHSs hooked together. Exactly. Effects and like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's wonderful. Uh, Marco. Uh, yeah, I really love this one. I loved it at the time when it came out. I remember listening to it a lot. And um, and over the years, if it comes on the radio, I would, I would turn it up if, you know, whatever. And... And it's still great. It's aged really good. I think it's I think it's one of those um, timeless classics, you know, that's always going to be a, a great song. It's just really good stuff, and that video is fucking hilarious, yeah. right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, Mike, look at these guys dancing in the green screen. Can we, like, parody this video? <laughs> I feel like the video is already a parody of itself. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, I love this song. It's a great song. Okay, perfect. Let's... Uh, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move ahead here to Wilson Phillips with the track You're in Love. Okay. I don't like it. My only notes are just boring with an exclamation mark. So that's how I feel about this song. To me, it is a boring song. Florence. So when I when I listened to this, I, I gave it a like. I guess I'll keep my like. I don't know. It's like the chorus is catchy to me. I like the harmony. It kind of speaks to my like inner like middle school girl. I feel like this is shit that I would have really liked 20 years ago. So I like it. It's fine. 
It's good. Marco. I mean, I didn't mind them at the time. You know, um, a lot of their songs, they kind of had a different thing going on. But I think a lot of their shit just hasn't aged well at all. It's really kind of cringy and, and just, um, I don't know what the word is. It's just soppy and weird. It's like, really? Um, and this one didn't age well at all either. I I, I, uh, I thought this song was better than it was, but uh, this is a dislike from me. All I can say is I just find all this sort of 90s Wilson Phillips stuff to just be boring. Like, that's the word that springs to mind for me. Like, it's just, yeah. that's how it makes me feel. It's just like, what is this? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know when it seems like someone wrote a song because they were compelled to, like, write something? Yeah. And I just think, like, what what mood are you in to, like, write a song like this? Like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Mike? What mood are you in? You're in love. <laughs> it's Wilson Phillips. They're in love. With, like, a dork? They're in love with fucking Timmy T or whatever? And, like, they or Tommy T? What the fuck was his name? <laughs> Timmy not going to work here anymore. Listen, Office Space, 1999. Wilson, uh, this song sucks. <laughs> it's boring, and I think, as you're saying, that I think the thesaurus in my mind is going to the word generic. This song sounds like a generic song that's supposed to be inspirational for whoever listens to it, but it doesn't really hit the mark, and the title of the song, like, reflects that. Right. It could have sounded different, like, uh, Love Beyond borders something deeper than just you're in love yeah. <laughs> hey andy you're in love get over it <laughs> so what get over it <laughs> fucking uh, yeah i'm indifferent on this one i don't hate it it just doesn't like it doesn't rub me the wrong way i'm on the border of like indifferent and dislike because of its mediocrity i love that even when you're the most negative you still don't go all the way <laughs> that's what <laughs> At your most critical, it's still like, but it's okay. It's <laughs> great. All right, let's move ahead here to Amy Grant. I love your impression of me, too. That it's okay. <laughs> so next is Amy Grant with the track Baby Baby. First of all, I don't like this song. And <laughs> this is another fucking black velvet for me. This is a song that pops up on 90s playlists all the fucking time. My wife has a 90s Spotify playlist when she does chores, like I said. I swear this song is every four songs this song plays. And I just don't like it. And that instrumental break halfway through the song has always pissed me off. That fucking like it sounds like oh my God, fucking circus. It sounds like part. circus music. It sounds like great. That's the oh song that God, plays when so a clown good. is fucking killing you, man. That's the song that's in the background. A fucking clown is coming at you with a knife, and in the background is fucking and you're like you're dying, like literally being killed, uh, um, Florence. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, that's amazing. Um I'm indifferent about the song. I like as the song as a whole, I don't really have a problem with it, but this is one of the songs that I I guess I heard this a lot in the 90s when I was young and I always got that fucking chorus in my head and I kind of hate it. <laughs> I kind of hate it just because it didn't even need to come up on a playlist 
for some goddamn reason, I would always get this in my head. And it was just like the baby, baby, just that part, Mm. just that part. Like, and that was it. And it drove me insane and it still drives me insane. So I'm (laughs) indifferent about this song. Marco. Yeah, I kind of like this one. Um, it's, it's real catchy, and I, and I liked it at the time. And, and fortunately, I haven't heard it a lot. It, it really hasn't been played on the radio, and, and it's not on anyone's Spotify playlist that I know of. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it was played all the time, if I heard it all the time, I'd be like, ah, oh, fucking sick of this shit. But I haven't actually heard it in ages. So, and I listen to it again, you know, and, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I still like it. It's real catchy. It's a fun song. I like it, yeah. I wonder if it is a case of just the repetition as well, because like I said, when I was talking to Kid Cassio, I was like, I do believe I've heard Black Velvet 2,000 times, and my main point is, I've never been the one to play it. Like, it's just, it's a song I've heard thousands of times in my life, and it's never been my choice. And this song is another one of those, where I've heard this song so many so times. So your weird mind is like defragmenting all of those things and putting them together and accounting for it? And hating the world because of it? Yes. You're like, the you know, world. over the course of my life, it's yeah. like been like 700 hours. That's like if I was locked up in a house and the CIA wouldn't let me out and they were just fucking hitting me with speakers. And that's and- it. I'm breaking some pens, damn it. But that's that's the interesting thing to me. Like, that's the interesting thing when I think about it and go, wow, I've heard this song so many times and it's an interesting point of data that I've never chosen to listen to it. Data. Right? Because there's not too many songs you can say that about. Even hit songs, like even these Mariah Carey songs that annoy me, I really haven't heard them that much. Like, they're just they're just sort of there. They're, they're in the background. They're part of the zeitgeist, but they're not like in your face, whereas Black Velvet is a song that's really like in your face, and it's been in my face <laughs> since 1990. And I've never put that CD in the machine. I've never pressed play. I've never said put that on. But I've heard it so many fucking times. Black Velvet's been in my face since 1990. (laughs) It has. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm so sorry about your life. It's weird, though, because I can't say that about too many other songs. Like London Beat. Love the song. No one's forcing me to listen to it. It's never on the radio. You know, I'm never walking past someone and goes like, hey, London Beat's playing. But I've been fucking walking places and heard Black Velvet. Like, it's just there. It's like this perpetual song. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Baby Baby by Amy Grant, Mike? I feel like you're forcing us to listen to all this stupid music. We get the email every week. Hey, Mike, make sure you listen to the whole playlist. And I'm like, Andy, come on, dude. And he's like, whoa, do you want me to replace you with Phaserland? Maybe Phaserland could be like the why, new uncle of why, the show. Why is your joke always being replaced by Phaserland? Why Phaserland because of all I people? I like the guy. I, know, I like him too, but I I'm like just that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. I, I like Phaserland a lot, but I feel like I have a list where like there's other people who I would replace you with first. Oh, that's would you like bird. me to tell you who they are? Oh, you have a list. Oh, you have a list. Man. Oh, He's got shit. a fucking list. Did you hear that, Mike? Phaserland is not even going to want to become a part of this show now. I'm a regular uh, Oscar Schindler man. I got lists on everything. <laughs> I know about your list. Jesus. I get the fucking emails every week. Listen to the fucking whole playlist, or else I replace you with. We do this all day, Andy. We do this all day. All right, who's up first? Okay, listen, I like Baby Baby. Uh, As a very young child, I used to listen to my mom's Walkman that I would steal because she wasn't listening to it while she was at school teaching. So I I listened to it on the school bus to and from home and school, and I listened to 93.1. The Light FM for olds who likes smooth jazz and songs like Amy Grant, Baby, Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why I like this stuff is because I, you know, 
back then in those years, this was on over and over and over. But I would like it. I'm one of those guys who I'm susceptible to that trick that radio stations do is they trick people by liking stuff. Exactly. Uh, or hating stuff. I don't know what your theory was. What did you say? People are tricked into liking stuff by exposure? Yeah, because the more the more you hear it, it just becomes a thing that's like, oh, that song. Like, and you like it because you remember it. Yeah. That's the thing, because it's sort of almost like a false uh, nostalgia. Like, you just go, oh, I remember that song, because you heard it so many times, but when you think about it critically, you go, but do I like it? I mean, I know I've heard it a lot. That's a classic way that branding gets their shit in people's heads. It's an actual technique. McDonald's doesn't need to advertise, but the more money they keep spending, that effect is in play. Mm-hmm. Just constantly seeing their logo everywhere. Yeah. Same thing with music. Everyone go get a Big Mac at McDonald's. Andy, do you shill for McDonald's? Yeah, man. And we're going to get to our sponsor right now. But first, we got to listen to a cool song. And I got one here from Kyland. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome... Hey, you know what? Let's thank the awesome PayPals. I'm talking about Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals. That's right. And then there's the Ross Conian, Brandon Morin, Ross Bruce, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Felix Borselman, Russell Nice, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, and Jerry. And check this out. This is Kyland with Dreams and Doubts.
And that was Kyland with the track Dreams and Doubts. And that was brought to you by, uh, you know, what the hell? We'll skip ahead and thank some of the awesome $5 patrons in the Johnny Five Club. I'm talking about Zen Frazier. Timbral, Fifty Shades of Beige, Alex Barshop, Anders Enger Jensen, Andrew Tukes, Arcade Eyes, and Bogdan Crevo. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family. That's right, we're reviewing uh, the Billboard number one hits from 1991. And next on the list is Rock Set with Joyride. Rock Set! <laughs> I don't like this song, and I always think <laughs> when the guitars come in that they're going to do the guitar lick from Friends. Like, whenever the guitars come in, I always think the Friends theme yeah. is coming. Are you disappointed? The, the thing is this. I don't mind the hello, you fool, I love you part of the song. You fool, I love you. Like, I like that part, but I don't like the follow-up part with a come and join the joy ride. Like, I've never liked that. That's the best part. It doesn't work with my brain. It just, I like the hello fool I love you part, and I don't like the can join the joy ride. I love the way you sing it, you man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah, I hate it so much. I, I think uh, uh, this is going to be maybe another uh, fucking uh, Black Velvet, because it's not a horrible song. It, it just, <laughs> that combination of notes just hits me the wrong way. I love that everything comes back to Black Velvet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you know what I think about when they, say, when they sing that stuff? It reminds Black me Velvet. of uh, uh, that other song that always... It rubs me the wrong way for how serious I can, I can picture them in the stupid recording booth. Everything is stupid to me about what they do. It's that song that's like... Bells and good we can't take it. That's <laughs> shit. <laughs> This it, this is it, and the guy's like, "Well, sing along, we can't help it." <laughs> it's whack. Hey, it's some song, whack right. shit. I feel like they're being too like aggressively into it. It's not fair to me to have to listen to it. Florence, <laughs> 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 uh, how do you feel about Joyride? This song is okay. It's. I don't think the chorus is very. It's like it's kind of weird. I, I have to like analyze it more, but I it doesn't. I think it. You know what? It. I expect them to go into this like stronger chorus, and then it just kind of like stops. Like it's like hello, you fool. Like it's just it's very like truncated. I feel like right. I don't know. Like I want them to do more with it, and they just don't. Yeah, I want them to go a. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There you, you go. Spend some time with the friends, Chandler, and hey, go on. Yeah. Joseph and the six friends. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's it's not, the song is definitely not offensive to me. So I would say it's an okay song. I'm okay with it. Marco. I, I really loved this song at the time. And, and you know what you're talking about with shit that's played too much? I think this song just gets played so much that I can't really... Um, analyze the song objectively i mean it's it's an okay from me just because i've just heard it so much and it's just um it's a really well-made song i mean it's really catchy and all that shit it's just i i'm kind of heard it enough for the whole my whole lifetime if you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) mike (laughs) it's like their most played song isn't it it's always on the radio it's like it is 
Yeah, they've got they've got better tunes. Got yes, they do. I believe I first heard it on um, one of MTV's Spring Break competitions when they make the people like sing the rest of the word. They drop the song and they make the person continue the rest of the song, like "Shot Through the Heart" and "You're to Blame, Baby." And the person has to keep singing. This mm-hmm. is one of them, and I remember liking it. And uh, I remember downloading it on Napster. I like this song. I don't love it, but I do like it. Well, let's go ahead here to high five with the track "I Like the Way" and in brackets the kissing game. I do not like this song. I don't know this really, but like, what's the deal with this band? Like, are they children? Like, I don't, I don't know. High five. Are they children? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they do look. They look like children, or are they older people in children's bodies? I don't like, know. See, like, like, look, <laughs> That's I, what can, it looks like. I can tolerate. <laughs> I don't understand. Like with this particular song, although I did give it a dislike, I can tolerate that low <laughs> funk bass line. Oh, no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and the beat. Like, I think I can tolerate that aspect of the song. But honestly, if it were on the radio, I would shut this off. So, like, that's that's all she wrote. Uh, Florence. I'm indifferent about this. Like, it's it's nothing, like, super terrible. But the vocals are, like, slightly off-key. And it kind of annoys me. Just (laughs) a little bit. Just a little bit. And it's just, you know, it's not, like, a song I would put on by myself. You know? I would actively turn it off. Yeah, I, I think I don't think I would actively turn it off. I think if it was there, I'd be like, whatever. But it, I guess it, it depends on if I had control of the radio, too. So, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I'm indifferent. Uh, Marco? Um, I, I've honestly never heard this song before, so this is all new to me. I don't have any preconceived... Um, perception of it or any any of that or opinions on it um it's really bad it's <laughs> it's just it doesn't do anything for me and it's it's just not catchy at all um the video is pr- pretty funny i gotta admit uh, it made me laugh yeah it's funny this some of the stuff from this period is just so cringy it's it's unbelievable and this is definitely one of them on that list so that's a strong dislike for me mike I love this song. I've heard it many, many times in my life. Um, Big surprise. I've heard it a lot on the radio station. Uh, I've heard it at many parties that my mom would go to um, when I was very young around this time. Like, my godmother who lived in Lower East Side, like Avenue A or something in New York City. And uh, they'd have house parties in the apartments until, like, fucking five, six in the morning. And, like, it's so fun. And, you know, the adults are drunk. And they're like, they got their plastic cup with their like bullshit cocktail, just probably just rum and water or something. And uh, they're leaning in. They're like, you know, they say it through their face and they're dancing. They go, I like the way. And they're like drunk and you're like, yeah, I'm having a party and I'm a kid. And and like, I'm up way past my fucking bedtime. Like this song makes me really nostalgic. Very, very specific. All right, let's move ahead (laughs) to uh, to, uh, see. I wish I had one singular memory of Black Velvet, but unfortunately I have several thousand. (laughs) (laughs) I see what I mean every time it comes back to Black Velvet. Andy, your first comedy special is going to be called Black Velvet. (laughs) If I had one, if I had one memory like you had, where it's like, I went to a party one time and the adult were wasted and they were dancing to black velvet I'd be like yeah alright but you know anyway uh, let's move ahead to uh, Mariah Carey fuck me 
Mariah Carey with I Don't Wanna Cry. Hopping up again. This one's a fucking jam. So I uh, don't like it. And, uh, <laughs> and at this point, when I was going through the, the list and watching these videos, all I have to say is just, I guess I don't care much for Mariah Carey music. So that's my only note. I don't really have anything to say personally. I just... It's a trick, dude. It's a trick. Well, someone's tricking somebody because uh, <laughs> I don't know. We have a way to finish that sentence. Uh, Florence. <laughs> 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 oh my god i i'm indifferent about this song um again nothing like terrible about it i appreciate that mariah carey is a very talented singer but there's there's nothing special about this song that i like that's the end <laughs> marco yeah i don't really like this one either I, I don't mind some of mariah carey stuff this one just doesn't stand out at all i mean there's, there's it's not catchy even it's just i don't know what it is what kind of song this is it's just not for me though but uh, i give a bonus points because she looks really good in that video that's the, that's the one good thing about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the third time is that not the third time we've referenced how hot the female singers are you fucking creeps <laughs> i think specifically mariah carey because <laughs> oh she gets a pass <laughs> <laughs> because we hate her. Black Velvet. <laughs> oh, my God. You see, that's another thing, too, because what what uh, Dav said Jesus. in his letter, but uh, Alana Miles isn't really my type. You don't like Swamp Rock? <laughs> <laughs> that's the irony is, like, I'm more, not that we, I know this is a stupid point of conversation, but, like, I find, like, Mariah Carey's the kind of hot that I like, and I just despise her music. Like... <laughs> I bet you Alana Miles is cooler. Okay. Like, I think I'd rather hang out with Alana Miles. With an admission that true, I'll give you the uh, benefit of the doubt you're not being a creep. Because it sounds like you've thought about it. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not not being a creep. No, I think no. one is like... <laughs> well, no, I know this is a weird thing to say. I apologize, Florence. But, like, I've never... What? You're apologizing just to me. If Florence wasn't here, who would you apologize to? No one. Because if yeah. we're a bunch of guys, yeah. we, this is how guys talk, right? So, like, I always feel bad when it's just like, and now it's time to objectify some women, you know? So, But this is how Florence and am I, I the, talk, too, though. Am I, the, am I your only female listener, Andy? Yes. Well, no, because you're here. I'm apologizing <laughs> you because you're here. Uh <laughs> Shout out to the Buchelman sisters. (laughs) But um, I've never I've never been the kind of person who has like movie crushes or famous people crushes. So, you know, when people are just like, oh, I had a crush on so and so. She was so hot on this TV show or whatever. I've never been like that. Are you apologizing for that? I once tweeted when I was 13. I thought that I would grow up to marry Rachel Weisz from The Mummy. But it's a thing. It's a. I loved her. I think I'm the weird one for not. It seems like everybody does have this sort of thing. So when we talk about artists and when I say like whether I find them attractive or not, it's a, it's a weird thing because I actually don't think about it in that way. But when I think about it, if I'm actively just like have my brain on going like, well, is this person hot? Then yeah, Mariah Carey's hot. She's got a nice rack. Uh, what, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this song, Mike? <laughs> I like this song. Jeez. It's got that classic opening. Uh, it's great and um i've heard it many times probably on that light fm station i guess these years were heavy on that light fm 
sappy, Michael Bolton-y, Kenny G-E, smooth, jazzy. You know, I feel like the 90s, maybe the data is revealing that this type of music was very, very popular for a certain amount of time. That's very, very kooky. But I love this song, but it uh, just made me think. <laughs> It's all I can ask. Hmm. I want us all to think. And I want us all to listen to cool music. So let's listen to this track. This is Badison from the album Out of Nowhere. And it's brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $10 Club. Awesome people like Lucas Smith, Luke Jackson, Matthew Lister, Monkey Magics, Mystic Dink, and Polly Digital. This is Badison with B-Day, which is short for birthday.
And that was B-Day from Badison from the album Out of Nowhere. I do have to clarify when I say B-Day, I'm not talking about a bidet. I am talking about a birthday. And you know what? We should probably do birthdays. Okay, we'll do those in a sec. I just want to say that that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We got Pudnuts, Rama Branch, Skunk Raiders, Slade, Thomas Berg, Tristan Waits, Watch Clark, and Will Lowe. So before we get back to the Beyond Synth family, we're going to do birthdays. But here's the deal. Last month, I did all three of these birthdays early. If you listen to episode 288, I read three birthdays uh, incorrectly because I had the dates wrong. And now this is the correct week. So I am literally just going to <laughs> replay the exact thing I said last time. All right, so this is where we say happy birthday to awesome listeners of Beyond Synth. If you are a patron of the show and you want me to announce your birthday, just send me a message on Patreon and let me know when it is. All right, so we got a birthday up here. Uh, It's happy birthday to Pooh in an alleyway. Another awesome patron, a.k.a. Doreen. I hope you're doing okay over there. I don't know what you've been up to lately. I don't really check my social media anymore because I find it very depressing. So there's certain people I've kind of lost track of. Uh, Let's see here. What can we say? about uh, poo in an alleyway. 5-3. My camera lens broke last week. Has a tiny desk plant. Ooh, there's a little picture of a desk plant. God bless Rich Evans. He's from uh, Red Letter Media. And then a chair, a living room. Oh, that's your location. Happy birthday. I've just read your Instagram bio. I hope you have a lovely birthday. See, I was hoping that I could just click on your Instagram and then get some update and I could be like, oh, I'll tell you what Doreen's up to, but I can't because it turns out I wasn't following your Instagram. So I'll just have to pretend that you are celebrating with that houseplant and some dude, right? Anyway, happy birthday to you, and uh, we have two more birthdays here. So I want to say happy birthday to Gary Heather. Yeah, Gary Heather's a cool guy. Gary Heather has been a loyal patron for a long time, and I hope you, Gary, have a happy birthday. And you're actually one of those Patreon accounts that confuses the hell out of me, because when it's switched over to pounds, I don't know what the fuck club to put you in. (laughs) Unless you want to be part of the Kroner Club. With these uh, Nords and Swedes, but you 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 use the proud pound. Anyway, uh, you know Gary, uh, you're a cool guy. I've appreciated your support for uh, a long time. Have a happy birthday, all right? Go out there, get yourself a burger, or if you're on a diet, don't. No, actually, no, never mind. It's your birthday. Get a burger and some chips. Happy birthday, Gary Heather. I hope you have a fantastic day, just like Jeremy L. Corp. That's right. Happy birthday to you, Jeremy. Your birthday's on the 6th. Oh, I forgot to say, Gary Heather's birthday was on the 4th of August, and Jeremy L. Corp's birthday is on the 6th of August. What a popular week. Actually, well, it's technically because this episode's late. Anyway, Jeremy, thank you so much for supporting the show. I hope you have an awesome birthday. You know what? Just between you and me... I hope your birthday's a little better than Gary's, you know that? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Since we all gotta stay inside, everybody's birthday is ruined. Unless, of course, you like being inside and playing video games and stuff like I do. But the point is, Jeremy, you have a fantastic birthday. Get yourself a few cupcakes, 
You put in enough candles. You know, before you're 30, it's still fun to have, like, all the candles. And then, like, once you get older, like, my birthday cakes now just usually have one candle in them. And then instead of, uh... Instead of blowing them out, I, I extinguish them with my tears. I look in the mirror and go, ah, oh, fuck, I'm getting old. But look, the point is this. You're a cool guy. Keep on being a cool guy. Happy birthday, Jeremy L. Corp. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family. We got uh, Mike Mendoza, a.k.a. Modern Knight. We got Florence Bullock, a.k.a. Glitbiter. And Marco Merrick, the brazen Australian. Brazen Australian. My, uh, Marco, where'd you come up with that name? It's actually my mother-in-law that came up with it. I couldn't think of I'm bad with names and shit, so she just said, why not Brazen Australian? I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty good. So I Googled it. Has anybody <laughs> used that before? <laughs> no, it not works. really, so... It mm. works with the uh, the synthwave logo style stuff. Yeah, it does. Brazen Australian. And it's a cool, like, radio DJ moniker. Yeah. Hey, I'm the Brazen Australian. Wait, what name? Yeah, I changed my name. Didn't you know, Florence? Jesus. Wait. <laughs> Are you serious or not serious? <laughs> no. No, I should. But he took Jazzy's last name. <laughs> He's a really progressive guy. Marco Mars Cat. So let's keep going here. So the next track is extreme with more than words. <laughs> I'm crying already. More than words is all you have to do to make it real than you would have to say that you love me cause I certain songs that you just get the impression that everybody just is okay with (laughs) and I feel like this is one of them like a song that like no one ever really talks bad about but I've always disliked this song and I've always felt like it's just universally liked but the thing for me and I know it's a trend for rock groups around this time to come up with a love ballad so they can get a fucking chart topping hit or whatever but the lyrics in this fucking song Drive me nuts. There, the grammar of this fucking... I hate it. More than words is all you have to do is a frustrating sentence for me. So much so that I hate the song because of it. I hate it. That's it? <laughs> Jesus, you fussy Andy. You want your wife to say, Andrew Last, myself is in love with you so much. Your wife can't say like a, a flicker of the eyebrows or something. She has to be like, Andrew Last... You are the loved one of my life. No, listen to me. It's not the sentiment of the song. I understand the point of what he's trying to say. The problem is you do not do words. You write words. You speak words. You say words. You do not do words. All right? Like, unless you're a kid in the first grade and the teacher says it's time to do your words, but in that case, words is a substitute for a spelling lesson. Like, the point of the lyric is, I get it, is you have to express to me more than words. And obviously, express doesn't fit in there, but the word do is not a substitute for express. You know, tell her I express my deepest condolences. You know, you don't replace that with tell her I do my deepest condolences. You don't do words. Mm -hmm. Well, remember how I said that I didn't like that other fucking song because it was was titled you're in love mm-hmm. this like fulfills what i was missing from the other one it's a little beyond being on the nose and more than words is uh, subtle enough that it means so much to enough people that it's a number one hit on the charts my fiance is giving me a big old thumbs down with a 
frown face. She doesn't like this song. <laughs> it's not that I even hate the melody or the singing. It's just the grammar of more than words is all you have to do. It just frustrates me. So just so everyone understands, you don't do words. And I know you might say like, well, the do isn't for the words. The do is for the more than words. But since words is the thing you are doing more than, it still doesn't work. So it's just it's just a problematic fucking thing. So I, I just don't like this one. And I know everyone else loves it, but whatever. Anyway, Florence. Um, I also do not like this song. Oh, thank Christ. Virtual hug. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual hug. Yeah, no, the lyrics are dumb. I, I didn't I did not know this song. I guess I don't really have a problem with like the quality of the singing and the you know it's fine but like there's this one goddamn chord in the chorus that I fucking hate and I absolutely hate it a lot. Whoa. Um, and Whoa. it's just fired yeah, up. Yeah. So it it just bothers me and it's stupid and it's I don't I don't like this song. Sorry. You say a chord? One of the chords? Yeah, it's like it's a, it's like a goes to a, like a seventh or something. I forget. I gotta analyze it. Can Andy put it in later? I want to know what the chord is. Does it go like din 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 din? Like does it go crazy? Like what is the? No no no. It sounds normal, but it's just it's just a chord progression that I do not like. We're getting real nerdy on the fans. Do you like this yeah. stuff, fans? Tweet at us. <laughs> Saying I love you <laughs> is not the words I want to hear from you. It's not that I want you. Not to say, but if you only knew, like, listen to this shit. It sucks. It's like just weird, <laughs> fragmented gibberish. Any, whatever. Marco. It's, wait, wait, wait. It's the chord. It, love is all you have to do. It's the chord that they go to right there, and I fucking hate it. Okay, that's the end of it. Okay, sorry, Marco. Jesus, you guys are such passionate haters. Jesus. Now, remember... If you don't like Andy's opinions on stuff, you can always write in and let us know. Yeah, okay? write to Marco, um, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Andy reads all his emails. Um, <clears throat> uh, I really like this song. We should set up a Google workspace and give us each, uh, like, Marco at BeyondSynth.com. <laughs> <laughs> so we can field, like, specific questions about each other's picks. <laughs> <laughs> Black Velvet, yeah. Um, this one, I... I I give this one a like. <laughs> I, I I would say I love the song, but I'm just saying I like it because I've just heard it so much. It's just so overplayed, and it really is the quintessential '90s rock ballad, you know, love ballad. Really, I mean, it, it really is. And um, I, I I like this one. It's super fucking catchy. And okay, I'm, I know you don't like the the lyrics, Andy, and they bug you, and and you too, Florence. But that's all right. It's um <laughs> and the chord progression or whatever. But I, I think it's aged pretty well. Um. But like I said, it's just been played so much on the radio. Like, I, I still hear it to this day. So, it's just a like for me. More than words. More than words is all I ever needed you to show. <laughs> Fuck this stupid yeah. song. How does that not make sense? More it's, than words. Totally it does not sense. make sense. You know what they're saying. Because Andy doesn't have a heart. He has the heart of a hey, robot. Man. I know. Hey, I need you to you show me something. I need you to show me all, something. Andy. Oh, what do you need me to show you? Yeah. More than words. What? What? Yeah. Well, love Action isn't a business transaction, Andy. Oh, my God. It's not the <laughs> sentiment of the song. To it's just grammatically never... fucking stupid, all right? Oh, can I see that love on my desk with a report by Monday? <laughs> <laughs> That's Andy. That's working for Andy in his workspace. Oh, my God. 
All right, Mike. I like this song. It's just a four. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I should not have um, as many long takes on this because you guys have been just eating up all the time. <laughs> That's okay. I'll edit it all out. He'll just be me talking. Um, <laughs> so look, let's uh, listen to a song and then we will uh, keep going. So I got one here from Sunyo. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. You know what? We'll skip ahead and thank some of the $5 patrons. In the Johnny Five Club, awesome people like Captain Big Bucks, Kevin Taylor, Kempop, Chest Press Magoo, Chris Zakharov, Christopher Albert, Christopher Hudson, and City Bat. And I hope you guys dig this. This is Sunyo with Driving Vibe. was Driving Vibe by Sunyo. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're skipping ahead and thanking some of the people in the $5 Club. People like Damian Rudies and Dana Jean Phoenix and Daniel Dexius and Hark Hayden and Jeremy L. Corp, Josh Riley, Kai, and King Koopazilla. And we're back here with the Beyond Synth family, just giving our uh, review of the number one Billboard hits of 1991. And we are moving ahead here to Paula Abdul with Rush Rush. Paula.
So Keanu Reeves is in the video. That's fun. Keanu yeah. is in the video. And it's <laughs> amazing. Is. It's amazing. I find this song boring. It doesn't do anything for me. And when they say rush, rush, it sounds like mush, mush. That's all I can say about this song. Like when I listen to it, I just hear fucking mush, mush. Don't put that shit into my head, Andy, because I'm gonna not going to be able to unhear that now. Dude, so listen to it. All I hear is mush, mush. Wow. I thought my wife walked in when I was playing God it. damn it. And she said that when she was a kid, she only, they, they thought it was mush, mush. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you mishear <laughs> lyrics. And uh, <laughs> I never thought that once. What the hell? Now I am, though. Thanks. Well, I like it. That's all I heard was fucking mush. Like, uh, mush, anyway, whatever. Mush. Uh, Florence. Mush, mush. I am also, I will never be able to unhear that. That's fine because I am, what did I say? I plan on listening to it again. Song. Doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. It's fine. I like that Keanu Reeves is in the music video. I literally, I just found an article that says Paula Abdul once caught Keanu Reeves air guitaring in his underwear. No context. Lawrence, do you think Keanu is a big hottie? I, lo- I love Keanu, yeah. Do you want to see a, him with a, his shirt off and see his sweaty nips? Um, I feel like we should just go what? the other way. If we're going to do the other way, we should go the other way, right? Or equal opportunity. All right, let's talk about yeah. hot guys. Yeah, hot dudes. You know Some what I sucks, like about but... ladies? When they have like that 40s pinup hair. It's got yep. lots of curls and waves. Yeah, that's That okay. makes my nipples super wet. Well... <laughs> All this shit I gotta edit out. That's worse than the fucking (laughs) Creole. Uh, Marco. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, this is just an okay for me. I mean, uh, it's a a decent song. It's not great or anything. I don't think it's terrible either. I don't don't really have too much of an opinion on it. It's just, there's nothing that really stands out about this song at all. It's just, if it played in the background, I'd let it play. You know what I mean? Mush, mush. I hear it now. I'll stop it. Oh my god, I'm never gonna unhear it. God damn mush, it, you guys. Mush. Oh, this is a song about freaking Alaskan um, mush dogs. What are they called? Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I refuse. Mush, mush dogs. They're like huskies. Huskies. Yes, yeah, huskies. they're hu- yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I like the song better if it's about huskies. <laughs> I love huskies. Mike, how do you feel about Mush Mush? Mush Mush. <laughs> well, I love this song, right? Is that what I feel about it? Yeah, I guess. Okay, Paula Abdul, Mush Mush. I'm a indifferent. I think because uh, it's not a um, like a jazzy, a jazz jackrabbit fucking you know Streets of Rage kind of beat. It's not. I like Paula Abdul when she's making me bop around to one of her bops, like Andy says. Yep. Um, this song that. bores me a little bit. A lot of it, I guess. All right, let's, uh, we'll do one more. Let's do fucking uh, EMF with Unbelievable. Yeah! This one I'm indifferent to, but... It's another one of those situations where I like part of the song and don't like the other part. So I've never liked the vocals in this song. Oh, my God. Is it because he's talky? Like, it's very talky? Yeah, and I don't like the cadence of his voice. <laughs> but but I do like the musical break part. So I do like the... I do like that. But the rest of it and the vocals just annoy me. Like, I don't like that. Is that the kind of white boy dancing you did when you were a teenager? What kind of dancing did you ever do in your Zero. life? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Florence. 
Um, I think the song is okay. I, I mean, this is another one that I've heard like a million times, but it's never something that like has annoyed me too much. Um, there's nothing like super offensive about it. It's it's fine. It's like slightly fun to listen to. I think that it's like I feel like it's used in a lot of movies. It definitely invokes like definitely a mood. Definitely because I've said definitely five thousand yeah. times just now. <laughs> but yeah, I got, I don't know. It's it's fine. It's okay. Marco. Uh, I think I really liked this one at the time. I think I had the single or something. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't think it's aged that well, so it's just an okay for me because, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's aged that great. Some of it's a little cringy, but it's overall, it's not a bad song. Mike. The music video definitely hasn't aged well. It's definitely, uh, yeah. it's, it's like it, it tried to be other things, but it didn't really hit. But the song is dope. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Maybe number two of my uh, favorites on the list. And uh, I think uh, I listen to this when I'm working. I put on the, the song, I loop songs a lot, and I put on the 12-inch, like, extended remix of this, and it's amazing. I'll listen to it, like, for three hours straight, just... <laughs> it's got a great bass line, and I like listening to the extended versions of songs because it's, like, just listening to elements stripped down by themselves that you don't normally get by themselves on the radio edit. It's a five. I'm a love. Nice. And Andy, guess what? Tell me. You're crumb-believable. <laughs> what does that mean? You know what crumb-believable is? You're saying I'm crummy or like crumb like crumbs from cookies? I'm saying you're a crumb-bum and no one should be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase crumb-bum. Crumb-bum. Crumb-believable was a ad campaign for Kraft cheese, like crumbly cheese, hmm. like cheese crumbles. And so the music they made, you know how songs... And ad campaigns will just rip a song off and change yeah. part of it to match it. And so it's it's craft crumble somethings. And the whole campaign was You're crumbelievable. <laughs> oh, my favorite of all time, oh which you guys wouldn't have seen because I think it was a local ad. They took Alice DJ's Better Off Alone, but the ad was for clone PCs because at the time if you bought like a PC computer that wasn't IBM, it was referred to as a clone. Oh and God. so the ad campaign was Do You Really Want a Clone? Oh and so they did the, the song. <laughs> And then it's like, do you really want a clone? And they would just cut to like a kid in front of a green screen. <laughs> no way. It is my favorite thing. Anyways, look, uh, we got to listen to another song. So how about a, a cool, chilled out vibe of uh, Echo Soft? And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $10 Club, we got your friend Estevez, Gary Heather, Dub Evans, Stu, Triple the M. And then there's IP68. So here is a cool track from Echo Soft. This is Aura. <laughs>
right, that was Aura from Echosoft. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. With the 786, there's Binkley. With the 777, there's Zach. And with the 7, there's Trevor Marples. And on the next break, we'll do the donation of the beast. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we are back. The Beyond Since family talking about number one hits from 1991, Billboard number one hits. And the next on the list is Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do It For You. And the Everything I Do part is in quotes. It's one of the rare songs where the where the parentheses, I mean, the parentheses is before the like actual title of the song, which is weird. Why do people do that? Like, just name your song what it is. Fucking yeah, there's like yeah, 10 yeah. words, just have it like be a whole sentence. Why does ha- why does part of it have to be like in parentheses? Is it implied? Is it subtext? Because it's still there. I always wondered this too because you think they want people to refer to the song as "I do it for you" just out in the world, but then uh, the first part is silent. The- yeah, exactly. But <laughs> they- <laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe Brian I Adams it. named it "Everything I Do," and the record label was like. No, we gotta name this I do it for you And he's like But no, when people think about it They're gonna say everything I do And they're like Well, fine, fuck you We'll put it in parentheses Slap it on the record Shut the fuck up Here's your money <laughs> I just feel like it's It should be one or the other Because th- I, I feel like there's such a gap Between those two lines You know what I mean? In, during the song So it's kind of weird If you say it out you, I feel like you need to say the Anyway, that's just me yeah. <laughs> like, I, This plays in my head And there's a big gap Between everything I do and then he sort of pauses. I do it for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they should have pause in brackets, like in a script. Yeah. Just everything yeah. I do in brackets, pause. Be like dot, 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 you know, or something. I don't yeah. know. You know it's true. Everything I do. I do it for you. I like this song. It's... <laughs> To me, <laughs> oh my god, that might be a surprise to people. Wow. Uh, it might have I been think the funniest turn of the show. <laughs> so you do love the love ballads, huh? This one is <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think as far as like '90s music, like next to November Rain, this was like the ultimate slow dance song. It's like this and November Rain. Like these are the two. So again, maybe it's hard for me to think critically about it, but I don't know. It's just it's a nice slow dance song. So I I uh, I like it. Florence. Well, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm turning it to Andy. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is... This is not one of my favorites at all. I don't like Brian Howard's voice. It's, like, way too scratchy. Mm. I think the song is just kind of boring. The lyrics are, like, too on the nose because they're really... They just, like, rhyme too much. It's, like, really stupid. And also, like, the phrasing of the lyrics is just really boring, too. Like, there's nothing in the melody that does anything for me. Anyway, (laughs) I don't like it. That's the end of it. Uh, Marco? This one's just a like for me. I mean, it's a good song, and I, I understand why everybody likes it. It's, I mean, if it was on the radio, I'd leave it. It's not something I probably listen to these days. But I, I really did get into that album. What was it called? Waking Up the Neighbors or some shit like that. I, <laughs> I, I should actually remember that. 
But um, putting the neighbors to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like the album. Thanks for the polite laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the rest of the songs in the album are great, but that's not what we're talking about. But anyway, I was really into that album, and I listened to it a lot. But the funny thing is, I never actually, uh, to this day, I never watched the movie that it was featured on, that Robin Hood, what was it, Men in Tights or whatever it was called. Um, oh, no, with, uh, I, uh, with that, Alan Rickman? Yeah. Wait, that was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights? No, no, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Which one was it? Prince of Thieves. Prince Sorry. Of Thieves. Oh, okay, Prince because of I know Robin Hood, Men in Tights very well, and I was like, <laughs> where did I miss this? No, <laughs> but I've never really been into Robin Hood. I, I don't know what it is. Everybody's like, was growing up, and it's like, Robin Hood's cool, and I'm like, yeah, well, I can't stand Robin Hood, Men in Tights is a, shit. is a Mel Brooks film. <laughs> it's hilarious. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's, can we pause this? Can we get like 60 seconds of why Marco doesn't like the Robin Hood concept <laughs> Marco what is it about Robin Hood that you don't like what is the deal he doesn't like vigilante justice <laughs> no I like I like vigilante justice I mean I like Batman and I like all that shit. I love that shit but just uh, there's nothing cool about Robin Hood growing up he's just wearing these green tights and I don't know it's just I can't really put my finger on it I just didn't really get it it just wasn't my thing you know? do you think that the rich should still have all their money <laughs> This has got nothing to do with it, Mike. Uh, we're not getting poli- we're not getting political on, on this shit. It's, it's so actually you, got nothing to do with it. You don't disagree with Robin Hood's message? No, and, yeah, no, okay. I don't. I don't okay. at all. I just didn't find it cool. I, know, I just didn't. Glad I like preferred, preferred He Man and Batman and Spider Man and all this shit. And then the cartoons came on with Robin Hood. And and Bruce like, Wayne oh, was I a just, capitalist man. <laughs> fucking Wayne Enterprises owned half the cities. I'm talking about assholes. Batman the character, Bruce Wayne not Bruce could Wayne. Help. Robin Hood's okay. a fucking Marxist. Here we go. Bruce Wayne could help Gotham City more if he gave all of his money to the city. Isn't that what the train God, system? He done? like built the train system with his money, right? For, and and made it free. Well, no, his, his dad did that. Oh yeah. well, then if his dad, then fuck Bruce Wayne's a dick. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne used guy, all of his dad's money, his money to selfishly spe- build he's his fucking like wasting it on like cool Batman suits and Batmobiles yeah, and shit. Cool no, I love things. Batman. I don't know. And he doesn't treat the them. bad guys. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ. He doesn't Christ. treat his He's- vehicles with care. Everything is expendable. Exactly. Lucius Fox is like, I gotta build me another one of these. I lo- awesome. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's do this again. Uh, I just I just like that, that Florence has some deep connection with Robin Hood men in tights. Uh, that's not something I could have imagined. I fucking love that. I mean, that movie's hilarious. Florence, Who doesn't think that five, movie's hilarious? Digital high five on that because men in tights is one of my all-time favorite movies. I have like a necklace that I always wear and has a key charm around it. And everyone's like, oh, what's that key for? And jokingly, I always say, oh, it's the key to my virginity. And then like Robin Hood men in tights always comes up. <laughs> I've only seen that movie once in the theater. Once in the theater? That is a repeat movie. That oh is one God. of the stand-up, like, stand-out comedies of the 90s that you can watch over and over and over and over. It's so goddamn I really good. like Mel Brooks and all that, but, I, I, you know, honestly, I haven't seen that one either, so I feel oh, bad. Well. Sorry, Mike. Don't choke let's do drink. A, let's Sorry. do a group screening. I'll stream that shit on Twitch so that the four of us can watch it, along with fans in the chat and stuff. But I think we should all... Uh, be more aware of this movie. <laughs> we should be more aware of it. <laughs> Florence, back me up on this. No, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. I'd rather watch Men in Tights if I had to pick one of the two than the... You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying. I'd be happy with that, yeah. Of which two? Men in Tights. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Because that's a comedy. I'd, I'd, I could enjoy that, I think. I like Mel Brooks and... Oh, you mean besides um, Prince of Thieves? Oh, yeah. We're not watching Prince of Thieves. Oh, no. I don't want to watch that. 
That movie's long as hell and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I knew it. I don't like that movie. But, uh, it's not great. But actually, the, B- the BBC did have a very good Robin Hood uh, TV show. Just saying. With Richard Armitage. If anyone does like Robin Hood, watch that. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do your fucking, your Twitch thing. But look, we gotta, <laughs> let's... <laughs> I yeah, fun. I feel like I really took this off the rails with that comment. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. The, the, the very important Robin Hood. I just wanted to say that I never saw the movie. So well. I never saw the movie. I never saw the movie, and and this song's pretty good. I give it a, a like. Uh, Mike, sorry. how do you feel about Brian Adams? Everything I do. Uh, I think I loved this song because again, this played on the Adult Light FM radio station on my mom's Walkman on the way to school on the school bus when I was like first grade or second grade. <laughs> God. I'm just happy this whole segment's been devoted to Robin Hood. I'm telling you, all these songs are fucking... It's amazing how uh, all these sappy songs trended so high. I don't feel like there are songs like that these days. Maybe there are. There's that girl with the breakup song about the getting her driver's license. <laughs> we broke up when I was doing a driver's license test. We are old. And... And uh, the uh, the driver's license instructor was like, oh my god, you broke up. What about that Friday song? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Rebecca Black? Yeah. Rebecca Black. Yeah. Dude, she's, the, she, there's actually a Rebecca Black song that's like kind of a bop that she made like yeah. later on. There's a few of them that are, I like Chinese food. You know that I do. All right, listen. I like fried rice. (laughs) I like like noodles. (laughs) I like chow mein, chow ma 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 mein. All right, this is Andy from the future to let you know that uh, the song that Mike is singing is actually not Rebecca Black, but a song by some other little girl who I guess was exploited by some shitty videography company to embarrass her on the internet. I'm not even going to play a clip because it sucks so bad, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll play you a cool tune. I got a cool one here from FM Dreams, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, The Mark of the Beast. We got Caffeinated Pixels, technically a Triple Nine donor, but in the donation of the beast then we got abashed pudding adam conway akio nakasone andrew betadine big baby d and boris and i hope you dig this this is fm dreams with normal people
right, and that was Normal People by FM Dreams. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. The Mark of the Beast! We got Cat Punk, Christian Quello, a.k.a. Warlock. Dalton Bell, David Lavallee Jr., Electro Mechanic, Evan Allen, and Franz Varga. All right, and we're back. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about the 1991 Billboard number one hits and also Robin Hood, I guess. <laughs> so next on the list. <laughs> Lauren started it. I didn't bring up Robin Hood okay. at all. <laughs> All right, listen. <laughs> Don't you like, put this on like, Robin Hood many tights. Mel Brooks, fucking 1990 Blast. So oh, I, I was it. not the one we who mentioned We were doing though. so good. Oh, man. I fucked it. I'm sorry. I tried to skip over. After I said it, I realized what I'd said. And then I, I was trying to... And then Mike kept thinking, oh, yeah, no, I want to hear about this. <laughs> like, oh, Marco, the- don't beat yourself up about it. This is not your fault. This is all Florence's fault. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Paula Abdul. <laughs> Paula Abdul, the promise of a new day. I give this one, I'm indifferent to this one. I think the melodies are fine. It doesn't do anything for me personally, but it's fine. That's that's me. Florence, it's fine. It's fine. I like this. It's <laughs> yep. It's fine, but it's like a little more a little better than fine, I think. It's it's a fun song. So, I say I'll give it a like. Marco. I give this uh I give this an okay. It's it's not a bad song. It's not a great song. It's another one of those ones that just doesn't stand out at all. It's it's like I can't really fault it and I can't really praise it. It's just it's just average, you know. So that's all I got. Mike, I like this song a lot. This music video is crazy. It's got a lot of green screen. It looks well produced. And you know me, if the music video is good, I trust the song to be good. So I love it. <laughs> What's next? Fucking color me bad. Fuck these guys. Oh. <laughs> With I adore no. Mia Moore. <laughs> All right, so this song sucks, oh, and my God. we've we've already had one it's of these, so uh, one of their tracks, I think, in the 1990 list, and the lead singers are just very strange. Like, there's this George Michael-looking dude singing in Spanish. <laughs> there's this other guy that's like a weird mix of Polly Shore and Kenny G, and I. <laughs> And I just find them yeah. so strange to look at. Oh and I, I mean, the songs suck, but I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I don't like it, <laughs> and I, I don't like them, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. The guy with the ponytail is making like weird, like scrunched up face, and he looks kind of like, like a villain. Yeah, they're weird, weird looking dudes. Like a Batman villain. Uh, Florence. I can't. I'm like in the middle of dislike and indifferent because I don't like hate the song I don't know I think I'll go with indifferent just because there's nothing terrible about the song but uh but yeah no the that guy who looks like who with the curly hair is just so absurd yeah. <laughs> looking like I'm like is this real and then like the George Ma- Michael guy is it's uh, he's fucking beautiful <laughs> what's he wearing though that's all what I the ha- fuck is he wearing his, he is all I he's have to very say beautiful that. He's got the weird perfect stubble that's like, it's not a five o'clock shadow. It's definitely very manicured. But his yellow tank top really fucks it all up. 
Yeah. It's like somebody it's like, his it, it's style. Weird. It's a weird choice. It doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I like everything that about him, but the yellow tank top is fucked. Up. The red tank top on the black guy with the dreads works. <laughs> yellow tank top. Yeah, he's okay. I don't know, man. It's, it's scream. It screams 1991. But then the last, the last guy has these like huge ass shorts on. He looks like a box. <laughs> yeah, and he has this. Huge ass random earring. Yeah. It's, what is this shirt I, say? I, love I, oh or man. something? Or color me bad. He's got a weird overalls. <laughs> what? Is, I don't know what's going on with that guy. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> but uh, George Michael guy has a great blowout though. His his hair is ten out of ten. Marco, how do you feel about this? It makes me feel weird, you know. Makes me feel weird on the inside. <laughs> How do you feel about the song? Uh, oh, the song. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a dislike for me. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's. Um, I think if you haven't seen the video, firstly, just go watch it because it's really fucking hilarious. The I mean, guy with the has, hearing, he looks like he has yeah. a. Um, he looks like he's Freddie Mercury with a 1990s haircut. Yeah. Sure. I feel like they were all cast because they look like other people, and maybe they could get through some weird recognition. If you watch the video, you're going to be like, oh, is that Pauly Shore? Oh, oh, is that George Michael? I was going to say, oh. yeah, we got George Michael, <laughs> we got Freddie Mercury, uh... Can we get a Pauly Shore type in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also looks kind of like Kenny G as well. Like, he, right? he is a combination. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how do you feel? I'm a four on this. <laughs> Probably because I'm having fun with the music video. I don't know if I'm grading these on the song so much anymore because... The songs suck. It's like not as fun to do it just the songs. Because they're that not seems fun like songs because the 90s is crap. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are proving very much for you. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, you're getting your pants wet, idiot. Get out of the water. This music video sucks. Yeah, All right, listen. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's move ahead here uh, to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch with Good Vibrations. Strictly hip-hop boy ain't singing this. Bringing this entire nation. Black, right, red, brown. Feel the vibrations. This definitely, like, it's got those classic 90s dance piano chords. Uh, I think the song's okay, but for me, it's like the best part of the song is the lady singing the chorus. Like, that's the memorable part for me. And I'm not really big into, like, the rapping bit. Like, I like the chorus part where she's singing. You never are. You never are, though. You wanted me to turn in the happy... You wanted me to turn in the happy birthday jingle without the raps. Yeah, I, was like, I did. No, dude, it's fucking fun, man. Well, I, I, I edit them out. I don't know if you listen to the show, but I truncate your song. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> My wife walked in while I was watching the video, and all she <laughs> she just goes, Mark Wahlberg has small nipples, and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that was a thing. I, again, it's one of those songs mm. where w- this song, we've, he- I've, we've heard it tons and tons of times, and so it's also difficult to sort of judge critically but I still think I think it's okay I like my favorite part is still when the lady's singing uh, uh, Lolita Holloway anyway Florence what do you uh, think of the song um, I'm indifferent on this I just I can't take Mark Wahlberg seriously dude has fucking two Academy Award nominations are you kidding yeah. me bro hey, after dude, Boogie Nights wicked, please come on you're I mean, fucking I, 
freaking crazy take with this. Mark Wahlberg seriously in this instance. What it's about just, his nipples? I also can't take his nipples seriously. <laughs> Dude was nominated for three for me. Dude oh, was God. nominated for fucking three uh, primetime Emmy Awards for Entourage. Come on, dude. I mean, he's a he's a good actor. And he won the Golden Nipple Prize for <laughs> the Golden Nipple Prize. But I I don't know. I just it it I think it's his music is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know what? Like I never thought about that. But yeah, what's the rest of the album sound like? What other songs do they do that sound exactly like this? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's like one of those things. You listen to the album of uh, One Hit Wonder. And the rest of the album will have at least three or four other ones that are similar in style, but like this is the one that broke through. Like Lou Bega with Mambo Number no. Five, there are like four other ones that start. Mambo Number Three. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what the other songs about the you know the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Like, are they are they like that? I'm just really curious now. I got to get in there. Well, we'll have to do a deep dive uh, after Marco yeah. tells me what he thinks. It's it's funny. I actually forgot that he started with music before he was an actor. Like, yeah, it's I just been so it. long I since. You know, I, it's funny when this came up. I was like, oh, "Fucking, that's right." He was fucking. <laughs> um, anyway, I I think it's an all right song. I, I I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's great. I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it, but uh, it's all right. It's pretty catchy. Not bad for a guy with small nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Marco or Mar- Marco, okay, Mike. Marco. The one thing that held him back, there was a there's a note on the years that he didn't win the Oscar, and the Oscar, the Academy Award goes to uh, fucking Gabriel Byrne or whatever, and just to just uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, just work on those small nipples, and maybe next year you'll get them. <laughs> okay, Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> uh, I love this song. I'm a five. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do another one. Oh, for fuck me. Well, look. Oh, look who it is. Yeah. Look oh, who Jesus. it is. It's Mariah Carey with the what? track Emotions. Number three. This is her so third time on the uh, number one's chart for the year. I'm indifferent. I guess I like this one better than the other ones. Like, at least it has more energy than the boring love songs. But I'm just indifferent to it. Uh, Florence. I like this song. It's fine. Nothing bad about it. Decent melody. She does her little really high pitch singing note thing, which is very impressive. So, I don't know. Give it a, give it a, okay. Wait, did I say I like it? You said okay. Yeah, I said okay. That's what I meant. Good. Yeah, she says what I'm she means, all right? I'm sticking by it. <laughs> <laughs> and she means what she says. It's okay. Marco. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think this is one of her better songs for sure. It's pretty catchy. It's aged pretty good. And um, I don't know, it's just a fun song. It looks like she's having fun. And, and it, you know, it, it's a nice song. I give it a like. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. What about you, Mike? I think this suffers to me from the gospel um, problem that that Janet Jackson song earlier suffered from. Was it Janet Jackson? Love Will Never Do? Yeah. Like, it kind of just, it's like generic. It's got the sample from, got the rest of my love. Whoa, whoa. It's one of those, like, sampled songs that doesn't really do it for me. Like, I, I'll defend, like, 
good songs that do justice to old samples. Like I mentioned, Notorious B.I.G. with Hypnotize. And this is not a good version. It's just kind of generic. We're going to put some gospel-y. Maybe we'll get some numbers in there. Mariah, go to the six octave. Go up there. Do your little squealy squeal. Do it a little bit. And uh, <laughs> we'll spend about $45 million marketing this song to be number one. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, done. Next. Yeah. I'm a I- two. I'm indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like when it happens very rarely when Mike uh, yeah. doesn't just love it. But I tell you what I love uh, is uh, cool music, and I got one here from Matt Manson and Color Theory. So they came up with an album where they did a bunch of covers. And you know I don't usually play covers, but uh, I will make an exception because I, I liked some of the ones on here. I actually got the deluxe one, so there's like eight different versions of some of these things. I think there's like fucking five different versions that they did of Mercy Street. Uh, but I want to play this one. This is a Depeche Mode cover. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the Triple Six Club, we got Joe Esposito, Loshka, Luke Timmermans, Nicholas Carl McNally, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, Philip Back, Pooh in an Alleyway, it's her birthday, Replicant 69, and Ross Pentland. And I hope you dig this. This is The Sun and the Rainfall, a Depeche Mode cover from Matt Mansett and Color Theory.
right, and that was The Sun and the Rainfall, a Depeche Mode cover from Matt Mansett and Color Theory from the album Peripheral, where they did a whole bunch of covers. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, awesome people like Artificial, Run the Skyway, Schneedlewoods, Stagger, Tomas Shimanek, Trippy, Cenotaph, Jean-Christophe Leconte, Mike Bailey, Nefas, Mr. Gimson, Stephen Field, and we always like to end the Donation of the Beast with a 617 in the Polar Wildcat Studios. All right, and we're back. And uh, we're doing the 1990 Billboard number one hits. And uh, next on the list... <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Is uh, <laughs> did you, Were you, you kind of turning into Borat? Number one hits. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My wife. All right, so we got uh, Karen White <laughs> with Romantic. Yeah! This one is one of my favorite fucking songs of all time. Who the hell is she? I never even heard of her. It's a good-ass song. One Hit Wonder? Yeah, pretty much. This is like her... This was her most uh, chart-topping thing, and that was pretty much it. indifferent to this one i found uh the lyrics to be really dumb and they bothered me so i don't like this light a candle it's time to get romantic <laughs> like they're just there's very sort of corny like simple i don't know there was just something lyrically about the song that bugged me like i i'm fine with it i'm indifferent like it's fine what about when you hear synth simple lyrics like that in synthwave songs that come out there are some songs that I think I like the music, but I'm like... Well, this is a difficult conversation to have. Like, sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by the idea that, like, we're just going to reference the word neon. We're going to reference the word tonight. Don't start this conversation. We're going to reference the word highway. Don't start it's, this conversation. You know, it's that, it's that conversation, <laughs> Don't though. Don't like, start this conversation. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, so what's the difference? We can't have this conversation here right now. Because uh, we're doing <laughs> no. the 91. Look. No. Do I... <laughs> Do I think that there are a ton of synthwave acts now that are riding on cliches that I would like to stop? Yes. Uh, we can get way into this, but it's... The, yes, like, absolutely. I don't like songs that start with fucking the cassette noise. I don't like fucking songs about neon. I don't like songs called Miami fucking Highway. Like, it, it, even though... I you know, don't like the cassette, I know, then? I thought I you liked so the cassette. Much, I know so much that you don't love the cassette thing that when I did my uh, Miami dream, dream Dive <laughs> bullshit, like yeah. my volume three of that... It was just three minutes of cassette samples. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just wanted no, to make you laugh specifically. Yes, and the thing is this, because I, I literally was on the phone today with uh, with Adam, and we were talking about this, and basically the thing is, when the synthwave scene first popped up, and I got so excited about it, when these things were new, I loved them. It was them. cool. It yeah. was cool. And the problem is just, again, it's the reason why I don't like TikTok. It's the reason why I don't like meme culture. It's like, after a while, what are you doing? If you are the 1,000th artist to start your song with the cassette noise, it's like, dude, it's been done. Like, And believe me, some of my favorite songs start with a cassette noise. Some of my favorite songs have the word tonight <laughs> called tonight. <laughs> like, I literally, I think there's like four or five songs called tonight that I really, really like. Tonight. I celebrate my law. Yeah, <laughs> neon, <laughs> neon streets. You know, uh, singing in the neon rain. All this stuff. On the latest retro power chart, there were two different. Because I looked for duplicates in my spreadsheet to like, well, it helps. And I found two different tracks called Neon Nights. 
by different artists that weren't the same track. They were released at different times. Hmm. So, like, that's too much. It's too much. People are hitting the same thing too much. <laughs> and You're just beating the dead horse. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta think outside the box. Outside the bun. Bong! Taco Bell. Remember when Taco Andy Bell. said to not start this conversation? Yeah, see, this is a Don't whole... Don't you like a night yeah. drive at midnight, though? This is a can of worms. <laughs> it, the, the bottom line is, um, I do, I do, I, I really do want more originality in, in the scene. And so I and I try and play those songs. And when I hear like vocalists do interesting thing or they get people who don't sound like other people who I've heard, you know what I mean? Like that, that stuff that I, I really like. I'm always on the lookout for fucking New Jack Swing stuff like this. Karen White and Paula Abdul, that stuff doesn't exist, exist enough. And I wish like um, it wasn't just Sunglasses Kid putting out, you know, being widely known for that music. I wish they were. Like a whole like twelve or fifteen artists that like you could classify as new Jack Swing synthwave artists. I, I I need more of it. I need more diversity. That, that boom 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 boom. Like I feel like I need I need more crazy concepts with lyrics and music videos with turtlenecks and blazers <laughs> and uh, fucking jaguars and panthers and Keanu Reeves. Yes, I need. I agree. <laughs> I, I I need more stuff that's specific to what we actually grew up with. Uh, and not this made up like pussy on a pedestal idea of what outrun aesthetic should be that everyone pussy argues over all fucking day. Yes, no, I agree with you. Uh, we will talk about this on another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut it all out. And we're gonna talk about it another time, Mike. Where Where are you, uh, Marco? With with Karen White, romantic. Oh, is that what we're talking about? I totally was on a tangent. Um, oh, yeah. I actually originally said that I didn't like it. I don't know why. I think I must have been in a shit mood. Anyway, I just listened to it again. I, I never heard this before. I never heard of her or the song. It fucking slaps. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all right. I I, I I don't know. I think it's okay. I think it's uh, a decent song. It's got a good energy to it. And um, unlike Andy, I don't mind the lyrics. So it's pretty good. <laughs> Mike. Personally, I'm not a fan of... The lyrical uh, taking that part of stuff too seriously. I love when a beat carries something. Uh, maybe the, like the singing, the, the melody of what the lyrics are. I love that stuff, but I don't really care about the content so much. And so you're talking about lyrical grammar. This stuff doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. Andrew, I'm Andrew. <laughs> it's only in extreme cases. Like, put it this way. I love Radiohead. And I couldn't tell you what the hell he's saying. That's because he was shaking too much. You couldn't make it out. So I'm not like all, all the time going like lyrics have to be fucking perfect. But every so often someone puts together a combination of words that just hits me the wrong way. And that's what <laughs> that's what more than words does. Like I just it just hits me the wrong way. And, and this song just had for some reason the lyrics stood out to me. Every so often you just listen to a song and it's like looks like I heard mush mush. When Paul Abdul's singing Rush Rush, it's like, to me, that song is mush mush. Like, that's just, it stood out to me. It was just like, this song is mush. Well, Karen White, romantic. <laughs> You're mush. I give it a, a five. I love the song. I discovered it one year at work, and it became my work, like, loop song. I put on for, like, four hours and, like, knock a whole bunch of fucking KPIs out. Boom, 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 boom. Turn the lights out. I love it. It's great. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, look, uh, let's uh, listen to a song and then we'll keep going, all right? I got a kick-ass one here from Cloud Battalion and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Did I say Christian Micklebust already? We got uh, Lee McConnell, Marco Cranendonk, Melissa Blomberg, and Neon Zone. All right, so check this out. This is Cloud Battalion with High Octane.
And that was High Octane by Cloud Battalion from the album Storm City. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Awesome people like Raur, Robocock, Roboito, Remy, and Simon Norberg. And we are back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. We are reviewing 1991 Billboard Top number one hits. So uh, let's move forward here. We're going to Prince and the new power generation with the song cream now this is a nine nine minute and 20 second music video it's one of those crazy ones <laughs> this video is very corny but like prince is one of those artists that when we're done doing the 90s list i am gonna dive into his catalog because he is one of the artists who i don't get me too me too like people love prince and I don't understand it because, like, his most, like, the song, what's the song, like, the one that just is the electronic beat? Can we beat? do it together? Because I don't also, yes, like, yes, I, don't, let's, let's. I, I don't have that connection. People fucking love Prince. And I'm like, but why? Like, people, like, like they have emotional connections to his vibe and his crew and his style and his songs. I don't fucking get it. It's Kiss, right, is the one. The big one. Where it's just, yeah. like, a, an electronic beat. And it's like, to me, that song is nothing. Like, when I listen to it, I'm like... What's the deal? Like, why does everyone love this? It's just a electronic beat and a guy going like, and I and I just I don't get it. And but people love Prince so much that I feel like maybe I'm missing something. And so I'm I'm gonna do a deep dive into Prince. Well, see, I, I like the I like the beats, and I, I feel do like, like the I don't understand. Too. Yeah, the beats are great, and I don't understand like the. The extra beyond stuff, like the iconic god worship of him. I mean, he's a good guitar player, right? Is is there a sex thing? Is it like well, he's, he's like okay? A, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just, no, I'm I just think, joking. I'm just joking. Definitely... I know he's, he's he's literally like the greatest guitar player on the face of the earth. He's a fucking monster. No, I I, I think you're. I think it is. It, it. I mean, it's like a sex thing for sure. That's part of it. Also, personally, like the beats of like every Prince song are great. But a lot of times the the melodies are really minimal. Yeah. And I think that is the appeal to some. Because, like, for example, like, this song is fine. Like, it's okay Like, you think it's me, just, but... like, like, ultimately it's just about catchiness? Putting catchy elements together? But I, I think it's his whole, his whole, like, his whole package. But, you know, it's the visuals and his presentation, too. And that has so much to do with it. He's good at, like, I don't know, he's a good performer. I think, you know, when DJs, like radio DJs and stuff, were like tastemakers and, you know, with all the, the rules and regulations around radio, I just feel like Prince, maybe I'm way off here, but it's sort of like Madonna in that because his songs are so sexually charged, it like makes DJs feel cool to be like, and now it's, I want your sex. You know, like they feel cool because they got to say <laughs> sex all the time and they, they, they love a song that's in the charts. <laughs> well, I was... I was gonna go down the road that you're going down, but not because the DJs want to feel cool because they can't. No, I do. I I honestly think, but no, no. But I think it's like, yeah, hell yeah, this song is fucking controversial. Moms don't like it. Dads don't like it. But we know who likes it. It's Cream by Prince. We know what Cream means, don't we? Ow! One hundred five point three. The Wolf. That's the whole thing. Is like it's it's controversial and like. It's a no-brainer for DJs and uh, influential people to play this song just to inspire that kind of conversation. Queen, get on top. Queen, you will 
I, I actually don't like this song. Like, I just, I find the moans at the start to be really silly. The video has this long, silly cinematic intro, which the whole purpose just to remind us that Prince is a sex symbol. Like, that's the point of the video. <laughs> yeah, what was, what was the plot of the video? Did you, like, pay attention? The plot is... Prince is hot, and everybody who sees him wants to fuck him. That's the point of that intro. Like, I always find it weird when artists have such an ego that it's like, we're going to spend, like, you know, fucking $500,000 filming this big elaborate intro where the whole point is, so then you walk in, and then every lady turns and looks at you and licks their lips because they want to fuck you, and that's the whole point of this. If anyone's watched this video, we could talk for, like, two hours just about the opening of this video. Like, there's a lot of silly things going on. There's also a lot of, like, uh, not that it's a copycat, but it's the Michael Jackson effect. It's like, I'm so big of an entity that I can get away with spending 14 minutes of your time just so that you can listen to my three-minute fucking song. And I feel like Michael Jackson's videos, the best ones, did that. They captured that. They were the first ones to really go that far. And the Prince version, like this song, that music video with the, hey, how you doing, she? It's 1940, she? It's fucking, it's so cheesy. <laughs> and it, it doesn't work. It's it's Michael Jackson light, L-I-T-E. It's, it, it doesn't get there. I know, like, you know what he's going for, but it doesn't work. I think that's the problem is just that that's the whole point of it. Whereas I do feel like young Michael Jackson, he radiated this sort of energy that he was very compelling to look at, but it was like, he just naturally did it. Like, he he didn't need a video where, like, and at the start of this video, a bunch of women run out and try and suck your dick, and you gotta punch them away, or whatever. Like, he just had that energy. <laughs> where, where it's, like, this Prince one, it's, like, it's scripted. It's, like, literally, like, scripted, like, to remind the audience that everyone wants to bone him. It's weird to me. Yeah, like, it's an extension of, like, the character that he plays on stage, and, like, when he talks to fans backstage and stuff, and, like, when you hear of stories of him at SNL, and... He's just kind of a dick, but he's kind of like a, a low-key lord of mischief. He just, like, gets off on freaking people out. Yes. And he'll just, you know, he'll do the... He's not, I'm, not, I'm not talking to you. I'm just kind of, like, looking... Don't talk to me. Like, he's got a mystique about him, and I feel like it's funny to him, and it's fucking fun in games, and uh, I'm a little upset by it now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Florence. I, I mean, I think the song is okay. Like, it, it's fine... Like, the melody doesn't quite do anything for me, especially in the chorus, but, like, the beat's cool, so I wouldn't turn it off. I would listen to it if it was, you know, background music. I'm probably not going to put this particular song on without anyone telling me to do so, so... Yeah. Marco. For me, I, I, I try not to talk too much about it, but I really like Prince's early stuff. It was really good, like when doves fly, uh, when doves fly, when doves cry, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when well, they fly and they cry, whatever, you know. And, 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 and his, a lot of his other early stuff was really good. And, and with this album, I thought when it came out, I just thought he's really pushing his sex shit and he's kind of getting old and it, and he's kind of doing this creepy thing, you know? And, and I was just like, it's weird. It, it just it always stuck out to me as he's just being weird, you know? Whatever. And everybody loved this song, you know? Everyone around me, I remember growing up, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this song's great. And I listen to going, it's fucking weird, you know? Like, <laughs> like okay, the song's, the song's different, right? It doesn't really remind me of anything else. So that's cool. He's doing his own thing and it's original. But... You know, some of the lines in it, it was stuck in my head. I hated that line of cream, shaboogie, and pop. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I hear that all the time, and it's like, it's so annoying. It's annoying. It's like, shut up, you know? Like, it, 
I don't know. I just hate that line. It really... <laughs> so, I, I mean, okay, so that song, he's like trying to be smooth and sexy and kind of creepy a little bit, and, and I just, it didn't work for me, you know? Like, another song on the album, Get Off, I thought that was a lot better. It's a lot better, uh, stronger drums. It was like, it was more in your face, you know? Um, there was no beating around the bush kind of thing. And, um, you know, pardon me. So, like, I, I just feel I like every know. single thing you said was a pun. Every single song title is a sex pun. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know what I mean? That whole album is like, what's what's going on, dude? Are you real horny? I mean, fucking, do I have some sex then, you know? Like, Jesus Christ. It's like, it, it was... <laughs> No, but it's like, it's really full on. It's like, dude, I love your music, but stop making every song about sex. You know, it's like, what happened in this album? You know, like, it, anyway, that was just, sorry. That was my little rant there. I think cream equals jizz. No, no that's a style yeah. of music in the Star Wars universe. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I got to say that this fucking song, it's a cool song to me because it sounds like the prototype song style for Shania Twain. So this song is 91, right? And then Shania Twain was dominating the charts with basically music videos doing the exact same fucking thing. And the beats were kind of country-ish. I feel like this song is kind of Shania Twain country pop. It, like, imagine Shania Twain was singing this song and, like, doing the same stuff on stage <laughs> and had really hot guys with small nipples dancing around her. Listen, Shania Twain. <laughs> now, now I'm interested. Yeah, no, but I feel like this song, like Marco said, it's a unique song. It's not very princey or synthy, really. It sounds like a fucking country band, just like a late night country band. And you drink your Miller High Life, and you're like, I don't care what she says, that's my son. Give me the Creole again. Uh, <laughs> and that boy, you my boy. <laughs> don't. I don't care. I don't even care now. You my boy. All right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, oh I, I'm glad I have my oh pop my filter on, because uh, <laughs> anyway, I like this song. It's a four. I it's not a five because I wasn't familiar with this song before. You gave it a five. No, I gave it a four, right? No, it says five. You gave it a no, five. It's a five. You well, I like the it song. It's a fucking Shania. I'm watching you, Mike. I like I'm it because it's Shania you, Twain, man. It's like, like, I don't know. I I feel like if we watch all the Shania Twain videos in sequence after this, we're like, yeah, it all started here, and it's cool. <laughs> not saying I'm not saying that's bad. I'm like, that's like it's like it's cool that like maybe he inspired Shania Twain's whole thing maybe that's the new conspiracy on twitter i should start all right man well look how about we start listening to some tunes because we got to wrap this up um <laughs> let's start listening to some good music yeah man <laughs> so i got a cool one here from danger mode from the album activation all right and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the five dollar club people like star nomad steven forster steve from the matrix sven bomanis and tatsuya miwa so i hope you dig this this is danger mode with elimination.
And that was Elimination by Danger Mode from the album Activation. Brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $5 Club, The Axel Effect, The Naked Flame, Tim Ross, Timothy Pierce, and Tron Javolta. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family. We're talking about uh, 1991 hits. Now, we've got three more to go. I did want to talk about this just quickly. So one of the uh, Beyond Synth listeners, uh, I think Ika on Twitter, E-I-K-K-A. We say Ika or Ika? Ika. 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 <laughs> Sent me a link to an interesting article because we've been talking about sort of the differences between the 90s charts and how they sort of things started to change and how it seems like there's like more money involved and more like things being designed to be number one and stuff. But there was also something else going on. This was a story about how the music data was being altered and basically like record companies were fucking with the numbers by getting the, uh, the people who sell the music to do some kind of sneaky business practices mm. payola are you talking about are you talking about payola this is no this is not payola this is about how they manipulated the sound scan system so oh shit so top i'm just going to read you some things i highlighted from this article it's from the la times i think now i'm i'm interested now you got i'm hooked Let's do it. So, uh, top record industry officials told the Times they are aware of instances in which major labels have attempted to manipulate sales figures. There's a coterie of independent consultants and merchants from Los Angeles to New York who have developed a system <laughs> to distort sales numbers that are reported to SoundScan, the research firm that was supposed to clean up the once shadowy world of music sales. So, SoundScan is the record industry's equivalent of the Nielsen ratings for television programs where they would actually monitor instead of just relying on stores to say this is a hit record or whatever they could just be bought in this case if you scanned an album it would go into a data bank and so they would know how many albums were actually sold Mm -hmm. and so the scam involved retail clerks swiping a CD numerous times across a scanning machine to falsely boost sales so they would pay off they would basically pay the the salespeople they would give them like a bucket of CDs or whatever and just say just keep scanning these to make it look like the sales are real good and then that's what they would do Uh, a label would hire an independent consultant to ship boxes of free CDs of a new release to a select group of like small independent record stores and then in return for free merchandise they would just keep swiping the CD over the barcodes scanning thing and make it appear as if a lot of albums were sold so but how, how did they account for the money does it say they accounted for the money for the swipes i uh, said so through these techniques a record can be pushed up to as many as 10 positions on the charts which could be enough to get a cd in the coveted top 10 so like tommy page definitely did this who's paying for the copies when they swipe them were they just submitting false fucking receipts to the sound scan because that's fucked up yeah like it's it's just a complete fraudulent oh my thing god um, because before wow. you could basically just pay off people or they, I think they basically just did it like with radio DJs where it's just like a record store could just be like, oh, our top selling single this week is whatever. That's, that's payola. Yeah. When they and, when they just, just you know, you, you take a DJ out to dinner for steaks and shit and you're like, well, you know, fucking uh, Glitbiter, she's this up and coming new artist. No one's ever heard of her, but she's going to be number one next week. And like, apparently I'm Lorne Michaels. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> uh, according to the thing, it says, uh, SoundScan's computer system revolutionized the business by rearranging the pecking order of pop music, allowing virtually unknown acts to elbow out established superstars in the weekly sales race. So that's why SoundScan was cool, because all it mattered was if a ton of people bought the album, it means it would 
get into the charts. Dude, I'm running a chart. We could make so much money on this. <laughs> so the reason why they had to scam it was the data started to reveal, like, for the first time that consumers were spending most of their money on non-mainstream music, such as hip-hop, metal, alternative rock, and country, because a lot of the times those those kind of tracks wouldn't chart because people would just, you know, the, the record labels just pay people off. So with so much writing on the perception of first-week sales... That's when the executives started to try and figure out another scheme because obviously, like, if you pump, like, you know, tens of millions of dollars into Mariah Carey, you want to make sure you get a return on that investment. And so that's what, uh, that was the whole point of this thing, this fucking sound scan thing. And so that might account for some of the stuff I don't like. Like Timmy T? Like, you think, like, Timmy T was ever a product of marketing? Well, it sucks balls, right? It's interesting that we're talking about this because I I think that um nowadays because we all have uh, artists creators we have accesses accesses to uh, marketplaces ad marketplaces you know Facebook Instagram YouTube and uh, Twitter and stuff we can like put ads out and I was reading an article about how some hip hop guy it was only like twenty eight thousand dollars to make his single number one trending hip hop single for like twenty eight thousand dollars worth of ads. It's basically just putting your thing in front of so many people and they just have to click on your thing. Right. And uh, like that's how it is nowadays. And I feel like, you know, there's got to be boardrooms of analysts and shit putting together stuff for record studios to be like, well, you know, Nirvana was trending last week. So now we're going to put out something a little different than Nirvana this week. But it kind of sounds like Nirvana, you know, like, yeah, so that's why we're getting a lot of these um, uh, shorter lists maybe coming up in the 90s because it's about which of all the copycat songs at the time was the most successful copycat song because it had so much money behind it. Yes, this is truly when the charts become like there's way more engineering involved. I bet you even like when they're producing a Mariah Carey song, I bet you it even goes down to like instrument choice and stuff like that. Like I bet you like the producers are that aware of like, mm. well, the boys to men one charted and it's got that marimba thing. So let's put it in our song. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, like Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, Gloria Estefan had the Spanish angle on the whole thing. The Latin angle. She's Cuban. A lot of these songs kind of sound like other songs. And we've been talking about this, like fucking Nelson from 1990. That song sounds like it could have been a pastiche of 12 other better, more popular songs by bigger artists. Uh, but they, they didn't have the screen presence of Nelson. Mm. And for one golden week, they fucking trended number one because they uh, wined and dined the right couple of DJs in Minneapolis. God, imagine being the DJ that got bought off for Nelson. Maybe that's the mystery of the one-hit wonder <laughs> is that they were just advertised for a certain week. And then the campaign kind of ends once they got their record sales. And their second and third attempts never uh, matched it. But that first one, some people remember. I hope that there are some record store owners and stuff who got prostitutes or whatever for fucking Timmy T or whatever. Because, like, that... <laughs> it's so it's so bad that I need to I need to believe that there's another thing going Timmy on. Timmy Team, Tommy Page. Trying to make a fucking data scientific point, and you're like... Fucking hookers, dude. 
<laughs> you know me, I'm always talking about hookers. Uh, and, and, so like, uh, and we talk like this, like Muppets. Uh, we're like garbage uh, Muppets who live in the dumpster. Andy and Mike. What's the bottom line, Andy? <laughs> the bottom line is we got to listen to more music, all right? <laughs> so I got a cool one here from D-Noise and Metalist from the album Wasteland, which was like an album they uh, collaborated on. It's brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $5 Club. People like Watch Out for Snakes, William Dolphin, City Lights, and Zeon B. And this is Hyperspace Awakening by D-Noise and Metalist.
And that was Denoise and Metalist from the album Wasteland. That was Hyperspace Awakening. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Katner, Ayla Vaycock, Echo Vector X, and Keith Atherton. You are all awesome, and thanks for supporting the show. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family reviewing 1991 Billboard number one hits. Now let's finish this. <laughs> 1991. <laughs> We got three songs to go, and uh, the next track on the list of 1991 top number one hits, according to Billboard, is Michael Bolton with Men, <laughs> Men a Man Loves a Woman. When a Man Loves a Woman. Okay. Okay. This song's not politically correct anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. When a Remember the last time we talked about music being used in a comedy context? Yeah. This song (laughs) is so overused, and I just would be fine never hearing it again. I, I don't like it, and it might be one of the most overplayed things Especially when there's like a comedy movie where it's jokey that somebody loves a character or something and this song fucking comes in and I'm just, I'm done with it. I don't hate necessarily the song. It's just too much. It's too much. I've heard it too many times and it, it just needs to go away. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dislike for this. I'm done with it. Florence. I'm indifferent about it and pretty much for the same reason. It's just, it's been in joke situations so many times and it's because like Michael Bolden's fine. Oh, he's fine, is he? I feel like <laughs> when this <laughs> <laughs> What about his nipples, Florence? You want I can't elaborate? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like again, can't take it seriously. Like my eyes kind of roll every time it comes on. But again, like the song's fine, but it's just we've all heard it too many times. So I'm indifferent. How about you, Marco? I mean, there's not much to say about it other than I just really don't like Michael Bolton. I don't like any of his music. It's just one of those... No, he's just one of those guys. It just never did anything for me. And especially growing up, I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't know. Everyone used to make fun of his music. I mean, all my friends and then we used to make fun of him, basically. His nipples are way too big for you, Marco. Yeah, that's... Exactly. And um, no, I I really don't like this song. I'm sorry. It's it's terrible. (laughs) Mike, what did Michael Bolton ever do for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Marco. You sound more like a Cockney Oliver Twisty boy. Oliver Twisty boy. <laughs> In my impression. Uh, this song is great. I love Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton is freaking amazing. It's a little slow because it reminds me of like the romantic scenes that take too long to happen. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Get to the dance number or whatever it is. Get to the cream. Yeah, get, get to that mush mush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a like on this one, though I do love Michael Bolton over oh, And I feel like, I don't know if he pops up in later charts, but I do want to mention I love him singing the chorus for Captain Jack Sparrow in the Lonely Island video. Yeah, no, I like that. That video is fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, I like his voice fine. It's just that the music he sings is, it, so in the Lonely Island song, it's it, there's a good song underneath it, right? So then I actually enjoy listening to his voice yeah. on that one. But let's, uh, let's move ahead here. To PM Dawn with the track Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. Yeah. The cameraman's a cocktail glass. 
I give this indifferent, but the problem I have with this song is the best part of it is the bit that they sampled from Spando Ballet's track, True, and I would just rather listen to that song. And I have this thing, I mean, we talked about it last week, but I'm putting it into practice here, is that if the best part of your song is just the bit that you took from another song... I'm going to ding you for that. Can we have a conversation? Like, can we have like a sidebar about this at some point? <laughs> yes, we will. We'll have that sidebar in 1997 because that's when it really comes into play. I'll give you a sidebar. Yeah, I was going to say like, because all those songs. Yes. It's like Sample City. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Town. Once we get to the year of uh, P. Diddy, that's is 97, I think. Then we'll we'll deal with that. Will Smith as well. Yeah, but even before that, all, that, all those early dance commercial songs oh they all sampled shit too so it's it's a real 90s thing right that came into effect yeah, sorry I know you don't want to talk about well, it well no but, but it depends because what Mike brought up last time is true sometimes you can elevate the sample like so maybe you go into like a song that's fine it's okay but once you have a big fat hip hop beat underneath some like funky guitar hmm. it might actually make together make a better thing yeah it's it's like chocolate and peanut butter like it's not I'm not saying that like the original version sucks or the new version sucks it's just like put two things together and let's have a fun time you right. get your shit mixed in with my shit and like but in this case though because you're using an example of two good things you're saying chocolate and yeah, peanut butter I, I was just but if it's yeah. like chocolate on a fucking wheat wafer what about chocolate on spaghetti yeah yes okay so it's like okay so now it's like all right i mean i like the chocolate part but i would rather just have the chocolate mm. and in this case i'd rather have the spando ballets <laughs> track true okay so uh florence um, <laughs> hi uh i don't hi. when i listened to the song at first for some reason i said that i disliked it i think i'm with you again on this andy i'm just gonna say indifferent because like yeah that part is fine but the rest of the song don't care for it. Not into it, but it's not terrible and it's not offensive to me. So indifferent. Marco. Um, I actually love this one. I remember when it came out, I really loved it and I still do. I, I think it's great. I mean, I love the original song from Spando Ballet, but I don't know. I, I think it's it's a different take on the original. You know, it's, I mean, other than that chorus bit, the rest of it's completely different, really, I find, you know, like, so I kind of like it. I like the take on it and I think it works well. I really do. So I, I, it's a thumbs up from me. It's a love. How about you, Mike? I uh, I really like it so much that I love it. And <laughs> it's in lots of movies. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything right now, but I know that it's in lots of movies and TV shows. And I think that's why I do like it. I'm a fan of good uses of things in movies. This song is used in a lot of movies and stuff. And um, uh, most of the time it's used well. So I have a very uh, positive number and rating on this song, I'm a love. And now we come to our final hit of 1991, Michael Jackson with Black or White. Yeah, so I think this one's okay. Like, I I remember this... We, we touched on this last week, but I remember, like, this song was such a big deal when it came out, and there was all these reports about how expensive it was because, like, it had the morphing at the end. It was such a big deal. Like, you know, every second of CGI morphing costs $1 million, and there's this whole end of the video where the people keep bobbing their heads and they morph into the next person. And again, we talked about this, but for some reason, they debuted this video just on regular TV. Was it before The Simpsons? 
or after the Simpsons? It was after this. I think it was after because remember it, it ends with that weird like fifteen minute thing of him grabbing himself and smashing a car. Oh yeah, is that not and the episode with Happy Birthday Lisa? Because it was like Michael Jackson was on the Simpsons and that was the big deal of that episode. Am I mixing two things up? Um, well, let's think of the year. Happy Birthday Lisa was season three, which is ninety two. How the hell do you remember that? Shit? So it would have not been okay. I don't think it would have coincided. I, I could be wrong. Uh, I'll look into that. Like I, again, I think this one's okay. I like the bit where he's walking through the fire. Uh, you know where it goes all heavy for a moment. Just like I do like that part. It's. It's fine. I mean, obviously, the 80s oh Michael Jackson God. stuff is so much That's better. That's my favorite thing you, uh, you've ever done for me. <laughs> Andy Lass doing Michael Jackson is my favorite fucking thing. I'm going to take that sample, and I'm going to put it on Michael Jackson music. <laughs> Dude, that was so fucking great. Oh, Holy no. shit. Andy. I can't believe you went full Michael Jackson, and it, it was amazing. A good song people remember very well. Like Black Velvet. Yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, it's okay. His 80s stuff is super strong. Great, great songs. I feel like 90s Michael Jackson. There's a few in there that I think are okay. But definitely his height was was 80s. And yeah, so I think it's okay. Florence. Um, I agree. I think the song is okay. Uh, His 80s stuff is way better. I think I've said this before, but yeah, this this song is fine. It's it's fine. Like it's cool. Video is cool. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, Marco, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, it's a like. I think I, I really like the album that it came from. I mean, this this was the the lead single, and it's funny what you say about the CGI thing because I remember it was uh, I think Terminator Two came out around about the same time, and both things kind of used that technology. It was really cutting edge at the time. It was a big deal because it cost all this money and shit. But it was kind of cool because this was the other thing that used that, you know, first. But, uh, I, th- I mean, the song's all right. It's not great, I don't think. I think the message is really good and the video's great, of course, like all these videos. I think a lot of the other songs on, on that album were more of my favorites. But, I, I mean, it's still a good song. It's a like for me, for sure. Mike. Uh, this is my number one favorite for the year of this year. It was huge. I remember the whole TV thing. And now the network television premiere. (laughs) I love when movies... The first uh, TV memory I have is... And now the network television premiere of Return of the Jedi on NBC. Uh So, like, I love all that shit. I love the way the HBO movies start. I feel like movies should have some kind of presentation to them. This video, it like I feel like, is the last of the great Michael Jackson videos before they become, like giant fucking Hollywood budget, you know, self-indulgent. I feel like the music videos that happened afterwards, the songs were okay. Like, Remember the Time is a great song, but it's not like classic Michael Jackson. I like Leave Me Alone. You know that one? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot too, yeah. That actually be my, my favorite song from that era of Michael Jackson. Have you seen the video for that one? It's that cool montage shit where they do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That art. I don't know what they call that art, but it's really cool. It's like the, um, the, it's like the fucking Peter Gabriel sledgehammer video. Yeah, it's like that shit. Yeah, and yeah. the Talking Heads video. It's like that, whatever they call that shit. It's kind of like stop motion animation. Yeah. But with, like, 
paper and real elements in front of the camera, it seems. All right, I was just looking it up. No wonder I like this song. Leave Me Alone is actually from the album Bad. I think the reason why I associate it with 90s Michael Jackson is that it was released in 89 as a single, and then the video was in 1990 when Michael Jackson's appearance started to change, so visually it doesn't feel as connected to Bad. Like, it seems more like the way he looks in black and white, but it is still actually an 80s song. I had the cassette for black and white and i had the instrumental on that cassette too so that was one of those loop 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 on my walkman all the time stay up too late and fall asleep and kill the batteries listening to that shit over and over i love the uh, idea that it was different from the stuff that we had known him for previously just like that print song with cream how i said it was like more countrified more country pop like a shania twain song it was less of a traditional print song Uh, Maybe that song and Michael Jackson, Black or White, is um, a sign that the pop charts are changing in general towards a certain direction. Maybe they're all leaning towards a more instrumental, guitar-y direction. They're less synthesizer-y and more real instrumentary-y. Well, I guess (laughs) we'll see when I talk to you guys next. Because that's 1991. Was that a cliffhanger? (laughs) Let's listen to one more song, and then we will... Talk about our averages and just wind down. Is that cool? Sure. So I got a cool one here from Michael Elliott. Uh, He makes awesome music. And this is a track called Undercover.
right, that was Undercover by Michael Elliott. All right, and we're back with the Beyond Sense family. So we just finished our 1991 uh, review. This is a fucking giant episode. <laughs> so we're, I'm just going to run through this real fast, and then we are, uh, and then we're going to go to bed. Want to touch up on Robin Hood again, or <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And we're, we're Re- also going to review Robin Hood. how much Andy hates Black Velvet. <laughs> yes, the very important. Although, Andy, you have to blame yourself for the edit because you made a lot of extra jokes about Black Velvet. That's on you. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the thing I always find funny is when people like will criticize certain things in the episode as if I'm unaware <laughs> that something happened. And I'm like... You know I spend like fucking 20 hours plus on every episode like editing. Like I know everything that's kept in. Like I I do yeah. know what's in my show. You no, know, I've listened to that about 17 times. I know what you're talking about. And I am again, like, I am very careful about things I do keep in the show and edit and stuff, but like if I think something's benign, I keep it in and sometimes it surprises me how passionate people get about stuff. But I just like when people think I didn't hear something. Or, you know, be like, oh, didn't you catch so-and-so said this thing? I'm like, yes, I did catch it. So, in 1991, uh, my total, I gave this year a 36%. What does that mean? I'm in, I'm, I don't like 1991. <laughs> yes, that's what it means. And just to compare, Andy, you gave 1990 a 44, 45% pretty much. You really yeah, didn't so like this year at all. So you really hated 1992. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did not uh, like it. I officially don't like 1991. How about you, Florence? I gave this year a 51.11. So 51%, which was worse than my 52% from 1990. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of the same for me. How about you, Marco? Well, I'm at 53.85%, way down from Mike's 86.867, which is... Marco, <laughs> don't spoil it, you fuck. But I'm supposed to be like the shining light. I'm supposed to be like the glittering hope of optimism amongst this fucking chaos and misery. I'm supposed to be the angelic lightness to Andy's dark yeah, fucking hate. I know, it's kind of is that way, isn't it? Anyway, um... Ridiculous. Good! So I'm down a little bit from 1990, which was 56.8%. And now I'm 53.85, but I'm still higher than both Florence and Andy, so I'm a much more positive person and much more open-minded than Andy. Yeah. So what <laughs> <laughs> so I always liked about you is how progressive you are. <laughs> All right, well, to recap, Andy liked the year 36.3%. Florence liked it 51.11%. Marco liked it 53.85%, so about the same. I liked it 86.67%. I liked uh, a lot of these songs more than I did in 1990, which was just 73.6%. I think, like I was talking about when we started this project, this shit is in my wheelhouse. I love all these songs, and um, it's very interesting. The data is showing that um, I'm talking with a bunch of people who don't necessarily have exposure to a lot of the music that I grew up with, which were popular for these couple of years. Black music and white music and black music. (laughs) I was exposed to a lot of black velvet. I'll tell you that. fucking song. Oh, by the way, there's also a Black Panther in the Michael Jackson video, so... Yeah, he morphs into it. That's another million dollars, because he he turns into the tiger when he fucking leaves. Overall, then, what's our average? Uh, How different is it from 1990 as a team? So 1990, let's go back. It's exactly the same. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fi- 1990 was 56.8 and 1991 
was 57.1. So pretty much exactly the same. Andy disliked more things. Yeah. And my optimism... I liked more things. You guys really counteract each other. You yeah, guys have got that pendulum balance. <laughs> which one of us is Batman and which one of us is Joker? Andy's definitely the Joker, I think. <laughs> Andy's definitely Joker. I'm Which super one of rich. them likes the shittiest music? Because <laughs> that'll, that'll give us the answer. <laughs> well, our lowest rated song was Timmy T. Nice. One more try. Um, <laughs> makes sense. Even though Mike still gave that a four. <laughs> And then our highest rated song. See, he's the Joker. Mike's the fucking Joker, man. He's the one giving Timmy T a four. That's something you do. Like, that's chaos energy right there. Some men just want to see the world burn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Stupid. And our highest rated song was I've Been Thinking About You by London Beat. Yeah, makes sense. With a 4.5. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And that was 1991. Another three hours for you, people. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be more like four. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. I'm, I'm melting in my chair. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, man. All right. Look, so everybody go check out retropromenade.com. Okay. That's where the survey is going to be. So you can play along at home. All right. So Mike has set it up. It should hopefully be live uh, when this episode drops. And you can go through the survey and give your own rating to all of these songs and then we can use that data to come up with some sort of like useful stuff. So go to retropromenade.com and take the 1991 Billboard number 1 hits survey. Yeah, and then the data the data we get from the fans we can just like beep bam boom right into Florence's formulas. And we can get a good gauge of who likes what, what's the average here, what do you guys think, and we can publish all sorts of, like, maybe we can make an infographic or something. Yeah, I want to do some, like, correlations between, like, maybe where you're from, what year you're born, shit like that. It's so cool, because I feel like this project is like, well, you know, it's just four assholes just talking about old music. (laughs) I feel like it should be like, well, now we can all participate. Yeah. We got to start thinking globally and stop thinking less glocally. Guy glides. Exactly. First question: what, what are your thoughts on Black Velvet? Yeah. <laughs> be nice. I, I, no, I'm curious. What we'll actually add, general we'll people add a text, think? Mike, add a text box to the end and just ask people what they think about Black Velvet and make yeah. them write paragraphs. About and we it. can link to the first episode and be like, "This is what Andy thought. This is what Marco thought. How, what, and also, what do you think about what Andy thought? <laughs> is Andy correct or not? Yeah, yeah. It's like a." <laughs> Don't be hesitant to let him know. (laughs) Well, once I start getting criticized, it's like, it's time to go. So, everybody, thank you for joining me, Uh, Mike, Marco, and Florence. Uh, Marco, say goodbye. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Florence. Bye. Mike. Retropower.cool. Is that a real website? Yeah, I bought it. It's like a, a super sale for like a dollar sixty-seven. Dot cool. So uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's that's really awesome. That is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> all right. Uh, see y'all next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. All right, we're done. Holy fuck! Three oh, hours. Fuck. Let me turn on this air conditioner. I'm sweating my ass off. You know what? I'm cool. fucking taking next week off. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Oh, that air conditioner. Thanks for this was Beyonce No more show today Now shut up, the robot lady's got something to say
Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.